This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is almost, almost on the beach. Uh, so it's time to look back at the season that was 2021-22, which all started with such high hopes and expectations. Winning the UEFA Super Cup in Belfast not long after our European Cup win. Champions of Europe, we know what we are. Now time to focus on the Premier League. 97 million quid striker Romelu Lukaku was supposed to propel us to the title and in fairness he started out impressively against Arsenal but hampered by an injury against Malmo and then unbelievably an unbelievably crass interview with Sky Italia it went downhill on all fronts for the big Belgian thereafter. He lost his relationship with Tuchel, the players and the supporters and most of all his form, albeit not helped by the way Chelsea play. Slow, slow, pass sideways, slow. At the beginning of December, Chelsea was top of the league and had just smashed Juventus 4-0. Rhys James and Ben Chilwell were causing havoc down the flanks and we genuinely looked like contenders on all fronts. In December, the wheels fell off with the Lukaku interview, a ridiculous fixture schedule and Covid and injuries ravaging an already fatigued squad. The season-ending injury to Chilwell was to prove the turning point of the season. Tuchel did remarkably well to keep things together as Chelsea limped through winter, but the number of draws in this period, although creditable at the time, proved costly to the title challenge. As the title challenge petered out, the cup competitions gave Chelsea hope of more glittering prizes – in February, we finally won it all. Adding the one trophy missing from the cabinet with the, with the Club World Cup secured in a 1-0 win against Palmeiras of Brazil. Two weeks later, we met Liverpool in the Caribou Cup final. We should have won. Lukaku should have been the hero with a goal that might have rescued his Chelsea career. VAR had other ideas and Liverpool won 11-10 on penalties. With Kepa brought on to win the shootout instead in, brought on to win the shootout instead losing it with a penalty so far, far over the bar they're still looking for the ball in Cricklewood but if all that was disappointing it was nothing compared to what was about to happen 
Having announced his intention to sell the club the day before the Caribou Cup final, the government took it out of Roman's hands quite literally by sanctioning him and the club. The fact they announced this on March the 10th seemed especially vindictive. The next three months saw the most surreal period in Chelsea's history with, a bid, with bidders lined up to buy the club and the very real fear that it was, if it was not resolved, then Chelsea would go out of business. There were tangible effects too, as members were not able to attend games for the rest of the season. It was hard to focus on the football and it must have had an impact on the team in spite of Tuchel's remarkable leadership during this period. And talking of football, the Champions League campaign fell flat on its face with a 3-1 win, uh, sorry, 3-1 defeat uh, to Real Madrid, courtesy of some Keystone Cops defending and a schoolboy error from Mendy. Oh, and abject finishing, which was the main theme of the season. Being Chelsea, we nearly turned it around in the Bernabeu, uh, where we were 3-0 up with 14 minutes to go. Sadly, Rodrigo scored four minutes later to take it to extra time, uh, where Benzema sealed our fate. It was defeat on aggregate, but defeat with honour. With third place seemingly secure, Chelsea had another crack at a trophy in the FA Cup final against Liverpool. And again, we got done in a penalty shootout. As with the Carrow Cup, we had played well and deserved better. And as with, the, with most of the season, it was our inability to finish that cost us. The ignominious record of losing three cup finals in a row was the only prize. At the start of the season, there was optimism, hope and high expectations. By the end of it, we were all glad it was over. And more to the point, with the Bowley Consortium agreeing to buy the club, glad we still had a club to support. In some respects, it was a season of fine margins. If the penalty shootouts and the domestic cup finals had gone our way, we would have won four trophies and qualified for the Champions League in third place from a marathon 63-game campaign. But there was still an air of disappointment among the mitigating circumstances. Winning only two of our last seven home games in all competitions with a reduced capacity at Stamford Bridge certainly didn't help, nor did the 11 draws in the league over the season. Turn those draws into wins, then who knows? The mitigation was real. Fatigue, squad depth, COVID and too many injuries, and the uncertainty and other issues caused by the sanctions. But ultimately, the inability to break stubborn teams down and strikers who can finish proved yet again to be Chelsea's Achilles heel. There we go. Chelsea Fancast 906, the season review 2021-22. And uh, I introduce, as I have been for the 78-plus shows we've done this season, the Right Honourable Lord of the Privy Seal, uh, uh, Sir, Sir St. John Jonathan Kidd. I'm a baron now. Oh, you're a baron now. Well, yes, you can tell me that. I've given myself that title just for the hell of it, just for this show. You have Hello, a, everybody. You have a baronancy or something like that. Yes, yes, a tenancy in, in my baronhood. Yes, yes, something like that. Hello, everybody. Lovely to be here. Who have we got on tonight, J.K.? I mean, so, so, I should, I should, before you do that, I should, I should let people know. I mean, obviously, my little intro was more of a big intro this week because it was nice to kind of set the scene, as it were, of my take on the season that has just passed. Because, of course, tonight... I love this show. We've been doing this show since since we started doing them in 2014. Uh, 14? 2008, get it right. And uh, we like to kind of finish the season with a good old review of it, but not just talk waffle about it like, like I've just done, but actually kind of do proper things, more of which in a minute. So we've got as many of the, the uh, Chelsea fan cast people that I could drag out the pub on a Monday evening, and they are JK. But can I just say that I thought that your uh, assessment of the season was fantastic and I think we should all go home. OK, well, that would make it a night off, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's, that's difficult because we all are at home. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
Last. Well done, and Clayton. The, and, the, and the pub shut on a Monday night. Oh, yeah, well oh, done. Right. Well done, Martin. There you Sorry, go. Sorry, I, I haven't thought that through. Plan right, foil. foil I'll, plan I'll, foil. I'll, I'll be very quick with everybody on here. Um, firstly, um, he's been on very regularly recently, and I have to say has been on top form and has uh, said a, a variety of things that I've just sat back and thought, oh, Martin's on fire. Because it is. It is the excellent Martin Wickham. Yeah. <laughs> I think you just thought he was going to get sued if you keep saying that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the man, the man himself, the the legend, the the nicest man in the world, the lovely, superb, the superb man with his trestle table that isn't actually his; it belongs to DJ. Well, by the way, Marco, because it's Marco Warrell, um, I played cricket with David Price at the weekend, who represented DJ over the Ken Bates. Um, uh, when he won his quid damages. What a coincidence that was. How about that then? Eh? Extraordinary. Extraordinary coincidence. Because he, he said, because uh, somebody said, oh, somebody there said, oh, you should look at Jonathan's uh, fan bites because they're fun. And this bloke said, are you a Chelsea supporter? Then he said, oh, yeah, I represented DJ. Do you know him? I said, yeah, what? What? What a bizarre coincidence that is. And he was quite, he's a good cricketer and he made uh, 25 not out and bowled leg spin and won the game for us. So very good. Anyway, of course, the fantastic Gate 17 himself. It is Marco Warrell. <laughs> <laughs> Salud. 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 And in the dark slightly, so I can't see him. He's a man of mystery. But oh, he's leant back and I can now see because he's next to the window. Oh, yes, it is. It's it's guess who this is, everybody. It is, of course, that goalie of magnificence or that magnificent goalie, Mr. Clayton Beerman. Hello. Legend. <laughs> legend. Absolute legend. Evening all. He's the housewife's choice. Yeah. Good to see you, my boy. Are you well? I'm very well, thank you. Lovely. You're looking well. And JK? Uh, went to Moba King's Meadow. American contact uh, will give us all the lowdown on Captain America, on young Pulisic. Is he going? Is he not? With his, his great knowledge, his, his fluency and his, his youth, because he's possibly one of the youngest of us all. It is, of course. Mr. Dave, wait up. Evening. Whoa, Evening. loud, man. Turn your, turn your volume down, mate. Just blew my eardrums off. But good to see you, apart from that. <laughs> good to see I like your... Uh, yes. Uh, is, is that... A, is, is that um, I can't quite make out your... Is it a jumper or a shirt you've got on? Yeah, it, am I still loud? Yeah, you are. Very now yeah better 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 everybody's got a, i'm i'm turning the sound down concentration face on which yeah. is actually really rather that's because i can't see you oh, yeah. oh right okay that's why that's why your volume's loud well, uh yeah no it was part of the uh something they released you know just before the sanctions come in uh i thought it was supposed to be something to do with the 10-year anniversary of us winning the champions league but i don't know if they got it wrong they released the stripey training shirt and this was the jumper that went with it i like it i like it a lot uh, and I, as i like you all a lot you've been absolute stalwarts all season so it's great to have you on the uh the last kind of proper show as it were of the season there'll be more about what constitutes not proper shows at the end of this show but you'll have to wait for that now um what's on tonight well as i said it's the season review but it's not as i said it's not like us kind of sitting here in granular detail discuss not like the 50 years of chelsea shows um, we'll be doing the, the review of this one in about, I don't know, 10 years' time, I expect. But uh, 
On the show tonight, we'll be reviewing the season. And in part one, we're going to kick off with the player rating. So basically, I send everybody who's on the fan cast a big spreadsheet. It's very, very goonerish. I'm very sad and embarrassed to say. but And we all fill it in and complete it. And then the results of that is basically going to be the show. So in part two, uh, we look at our player of the year, breakthrough player of the year, most disappointing player of the year and goal of the season. Part three, we've got the annual... Oh, this is the different bit. We've got the annual humiliation of the results of the Chelsea fan cast season predictions uh as uh as well as delivered and and basically set up by dean mears uh you know unfortunately he can't be here to deliver it himself but uh i'm sure the humiliation will still be very appropriate uh and after that we're going to continue the season review uh with our best and worst results and matches and we're going to wrap up in part four by rating the season and uh, comparing it to other seasons and revealing our own individual favourite moments of the season. So there you go. Should be a lot of fun. It always is. As ever, don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7pm. Thank you. Live. Thank you. By going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. And of course, all season, people come in here on a Monday and listen to us yabber on. Uh, and actually, they spend more time yabbering to themselves, which is absolutely brilliant. I do like their style. Uh, so welcome one and all. Uh, and of course, any other time, in fact, even now, really, you can get us on the socials at Chelsea Fancast uh, and drop us a line. Tell us what you think, whatever you want, really. So there you go. Now, after this little break, we will be uh, getting stuck into the player ratings. Righty-ho, here we go. Um, so much to talk about tonight. That's what I love about this show. Uh, and uh, we're going to kick off with the player ratings. Um, what, I, what I will do is I will, uh, I will basically go straight to the end of it, if you like. And then, then we, can, uh, we can just discuss. If, I've got a few, uh, few people I want to kind of mention uh, in dispatches here with some interesting selections. Uh, and I'll bring you in at the appropriate juncture. But in third place, uh, with an average, and this is averaged out across 10 of us who filled in the forms, with a with a score of 7.8 is Mr. Mason Mount, who, of course, was the winner of the actual player of the season. In second place, with 8.1, uh, was Mr. Reese James. And uh, that means the winner of the Chelsea Fancast player of the season, player of the year, is Thiago Silva, who got a whopping nine. Everybody voted... In fact, I'll start there, really. Everybody voted nine for Thiago Silva, apart from Tony, who gave him an eight, and Marco, who gave him a ten, which is why he got nine. So, Marco, you gave him ten out of ten. Explain. just thought he uh, exemplified everything that you want from a Chelsea player... Um, and for a man who's not been at the club very long, uh, he seems to have slipped into it all rather well. His vision, his mobility belies his, what is it, 38 years now. Um, so, yeah, I, I just thought he held it all together very well for the whole season. 
Um, what a man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, what I do know pretty much as a fact is that nearly all of us voted for Silver in the club's player of the year. Uh, and uh, and I and I think, you know, so I can understand why we've done it again on here. It would have been rather weird and inconsistent had we not done that. Do you know what pleases me most about all of this is that, um, you know, we often, I mean, it's the, the, the ironic, this will not be lost on people who listen to this show frequently and know that I don't give a shit about stats and the whole modern phenomenon about applying stats to football. And yet here we are as the Chelsea fan cast applying stats to the season that we've just laboriously watched through pretty much in the flesh all the time. And yet what pleases me about it is that statistically it's bearing out what we see with our own eyes. Uh, You know, Silver, Mount and James, I think, have easily been our three best players. Kovacic, I mean, he was... uh, he came fourth, basically, in the ratings. That makes a lot of sense to me. Rudiger came fifth. That makes a lot of sense to me. Mendy sixth. So it's a, it's amazing, isn't it? You know, you, you just have to use your own eyes, really. And you, uh, and you, you know, you, you, the stats kind of bear that out, I suppose, in a funny old way. Mark, I've got another another question for you. You, you gave Rudiger five, which was very much um, against the grain here. Everybody else gave him eights and sevens. Uh, what what was the reason behind that? Uh, so um, one, he didn't want to be away. He didn't want to be at Chelsea, so he'd been agitating for a move all season, running his contract down. Uh, two, um, I would encourage anybody who gave him more than five to watch the first leg of the uh, game against Real Madrid the club that he chose to join. Um, And then uh, take a look at that third Real Madrid goal and tell me if that's worth more than five. Because basically that goal cost us progression in the Champions League, in my humble opinion. Is that that the one where Mendy, Mendy, you know, screwed up? No, Rudiger screwed up. For one of the goals, I can't remember which one it the was. The third one, yeah, it was the third one, yeah. yeah but it, was, it was the after you, Claude, moment, wasn't it? Where they both sort of waited for each other to sort their lives out, and Benzema nipped in between them. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I've always had sort of, you know, Rudiger um, chose to play well under Tuchel, uh, in my opinion I, I i don't know i, I just i just think he's a bit of a wrong and and doesn't deserve um you know no the, the, fair the, enough marco yeah. fair enough I, it just belies your your adoringly uh you know affectionate nickname of him of the the panda well, no, no. yeah no no but i i just think he blotted he, he blotted his copy no, 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 no. i get it mate hell hath no fury hell hath no fury like a marco scorned it's it's oh, okay with me it's okay with me um, i'm gonna i'm gonna let, let dan in while we're here uh as we've got a natural break before i waffle on talking about more stuff uh because there's plenty more in the player ratings that are, that have sparked my interest hi dan we're welcoming you on board salute lovely to see you thank you for having me yeah and how are you, how, are you, are you ready for wednesday mate uh, your finale at wembley yeah, I'm ready. I have yeah. to go back with the bag. How, how was Carve Up Anusol? Oh, no, no. I had the lovely Vicky Gomesaw with some new girl. Ooh. I hadn't seen before. Lovely. Jess Atterson or something. No, it's fine. Go all right. 
Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I got to the questions. So it's all quite straightforward, quite easy. They sent yeah, you I mean, the questions first. I, I asked them now. I'm professional. That mate, like, you got the meeting out of your hand, mate. Literally, yeah. Yeah, bloody hell. No, it's fine. It was good. I was on just some Financial Times journalist who's going, well, they're going to want to sell it in 15 years for a profit. We're like, well... well yeah. And... That's, that's where you shout park life at the end, right? Yeah, no, because that was, that was a pre-recorded bit. It was like, well, of course they're going to want to sell it in 15 years' time for a profit. They're not going to give it away for a quid, are they? I mean, not going to... Unless Ken Bates buys it back in 2035 for a pound. It's yeah, very good. That's a good point. Very old, yeah, indeed. Right, Dan, we're, we, you've only missed. You're, you're, we're in the middle of the player rating, so you haven't missed much yet. Uh, okay, and actually, cool. I might, I might come, come to you in a minute. Uh, but uh, yeah, the next thing is we've done silver, we've done Rudiger discrepancies. I'm looking at discrepancies. Um, Clayton, um, Jorginho got an average of five point nine by us, so most of us were giving him fives and sixes. Yeah, um, and I'll give give my own view on on this first, which yeah. is. I, I don't have a I don't have a beef with Jorginho. A, a lot of people will instantly think that you do whenever you say anything vaguely negative. Um, I don't think he was anything like his best this season, but I don't think it's because he's shit. I think it's because he's been absolutely knackered and playing with a bad back. Is that is that kind? Because of, you were the outlier here. You gave him seven. Is that why? Yeah. Yeah. Simply put, yeah. I I just I I didn't think he was that bad. I, I think he's basically, he never does anything other than give his best. He's the, he doesn't pick himself, you know, Tuchel knows how he plays. He plays in a way uh, and that's how he plays. And if Tuchel's picking him, it's because that's how he wants us to play. It's not his fault. He doesn't, you know, get the, the ball forward quicker because he, he seemingly can't do that. So, I didn't have any problem with him. I think he's exemplary. I don't think he ever speaks out. I think he's a great professional. And I think he's been a good player for us. But um, in the same token, I've I've said it for very many years, probably since he's been here, we will never, ever win the league with him and Kovacic in our midfield. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. Which I totally, totally agree with. Um, I'm going to move on very quickly because there's another lovely discrepancy here. Now, everybody mm. here voted either seven or six for Marcus Alonso, apart from Dan. Dan, you gave him a five. What's he done to upset you? He's got nicer hair than me. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer, mate. Scalp um... issue. I, I just thought it was just very meh this season. Meh. I know he got a couple of goals, you know, and this, that, and the other. I just thought it just, it's almost like he can't be asked sometimes. It's quite sort of like lethargic and just a bit. Okay. You know, I, 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 I like him, but I just didn't think he was that particularly brilliant this season. No, okay, fair enough. I got, yeah. I've got a great counter argument, but I'm going to leave it to uh, the world's greatest Marcus Alonso fan who uh, has posters of him on his bedroom wall and even has, he's actually been to. Uh, Wherever they make wigs in London, there's a oh I know it's it's Wigmore Street. He's been to Wigmore Street to get a, a personal Marcus Alonso syrup just for himself. Am I right, Jonathan? Yeah, I've got one here. Actually. Exactly. I'll put, it, I'll put it on in a minute so you can all see it. So uh, I mean, come on, um, we we love Marcus. I think he's been brilliant this season. Tell tell everybody why. I think he's he's silky skilled and he's um uh, when he plays forward and uh, um and plays in a in a triangle with. Mace and whoever the other forward happens to be, who's, who appears to be running, well, it's pretty frequently Kovacic, of course. I think, uh, I think he's he's got top skills. I think, he, and he's got an absolutely brilliant left foot. I thought um, there were a couple of occasions he was caught out and he was a bit dozy, 
I thought he had a a, a very consistently excellent season, actually. Yeah. And I, I know I know it is easy to damn him with those really rather rubbish performances, of which he is guilty from time to time. I think it's when he's pressed. I think we've worked out that if if um, uh, if a team like Liverpool, I'm mean, having said that, he played marvelously in both cup finals, really, really excellently in both cup finals. So I I, I was going to say that perhaps it's when he plays against a team that is um, uh, isn't defending in depth and then on a break and he's he's caught out of position but no i i i for me this is this is possibly his best season since mm. um um since his his breakout season when he first played how long ago was it i remember there's a picture of him scoring and hazard embracing him About so five years isn't it now i think he's years. been with us yeah yeah. yeah yeah and i'm also i'm not convinced he's on his bike i, I said to we were on that radio london show earlier i don't it's it's such a rumor really saying he's off to barcelona is he i don't i I haven't seen anything followed up yeah. with that. I've, all I've seen is that his Christensen apparently can't get a contract signed or something. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him there next season. Yeah, a pinch yeah. of salt required with all transfer rumours. Martin, I think JK makes a great point about him being a big game player. I would also give him a lot of credit for stepping into the breach uh, left so cruelly and sadly by Ben Chilwell. Yeah, exactly. That's the main reason I gave him seven. He stepped in in an awkward position and um, didn't disgrace himself too much. And good for a goal occasionally exploited the space we always used to seem to get on the opposite flank very well just wish he could have kept a few shots down in the cup final well indeed um but i mean i, I do think that overall you know he, he it certainly warranted a, a a seven in my in my book and uh, he pretty much got that in the overall ones um I'm, I'm just going through these in order really um and again zh zh was actually about the most inconsistent well how, how unbelievably apposite the most inconsistent scoring from all of us i mean i'll just run through this me uh dan gave him four uh jk dane gave him six dean clayton mark uh me and and martin gave him five marco gave him three and tony gave him seven I wish Tony was here to tell us, but sadly Tony is in France, so he can't. So, Marco, explain your three for Hakim Ziyech. Uh, I don't know. He's, he's just, I'm just tired of watching expensive players struggle with to control the ball at the feet and put a bloody decent cross in. Um just uh, all these players are just too inconsistent, um, in my opinion. And that's why ZH only got three. See, it's just not good enough. We'll never, I know you talk about, we, we won't win anything with players like Hakim Ziyech at the club. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I can't disagree with a word you said there, and I mean, I gave him four, so you and I were pretty fairly simpatico on that. Um, but I think I'm I'm really intrigued by the by the the range of marks we all we all gave him, which kind of really I think says it all. Uh, and uh, talking of uh, duff marks, this made me hoot with laughter. Uh, we've got dear old Romelu Lukaku. Um, I gave him one for effort. Well, actually, no, just for turning up I suppose he didn't really put in much effort um but there was again a, a whole disparity here there was a few a few of us who gave him five a couple four a two and a couple of ones but the best I, I'm going to talk to Dane and I'm going to talk to JK 
Uh, Dane, I'll, I'll go to you first. You gave him five, as as did Dean, funnily enough, and Tony. Um, explain. Uh, do I sound okay? Is yeah, the volume okay? Yeah, you sound all right to me, mate. And you're uh, looking good as well, Dane. You're looking good. Oh, thank you. Um, nice it, top. It's, yeah. it's, it's, just, it's, uh, yeah, it's just frustrating, isn't it? You know, I completely got Lukaku wrong. You know, but let's be honest, so did the scouting team. Uh, that, that obviously didn't work out, but he couldn't adjust to us. We was never going to adjust to him. It had like the uh, Fernando Torres is about it, didn't it? Uh, he had to adjust to us and he struggled with that. Yeah. And it was just frustrations, really. It, you know, I get you said quite early on, didn't you? You said, mm. fair enough, we, you know, we didn't play to his strengths, but, you know, when you're playing a, a top team, sometimes you, you do have to adapt your game. And we, we saw glimpses, but... <sighs> He huffed and he puffed to Dini and then when the interview come out and then then it come out in recent months or weeks that he that he said he was struggling physically with, with the pressing game we had on early in the season and 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 it, and it was blowing him blowing him out of his arse in a lot of games. And you just yeah, you just think if it was uh I'm glad he come back because I would 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 always would have wondered. Uh but yeah, it just hasn't worked, and now we're getting obviously more rumours in the last couple of days about Inter Milan trying to trying to get a deal that clearly suits them with a loan, not a lot, not a lot of them paying money and a loan move. But yeah, five was just frustrating, wasn't it? It was just it was just me admitting I, I got it wrong. And well, you gave him the highest mark that any of us did, apart that's from because it, that's because you know. Let's be honest when when we played to his strengths. You know, and we'll include the Arsenal game. We include when he came on at halftime against Villa, even the game recently with Wolves 2 2. When we look, when we look for him straight away, the old Gerard Torres looks up, goes, hits the ball to him straight away, fast forward thinking. It worked. Uh, unfortunately, whether it was too called game plan or the players or what, it, we just didn't do it enough. So then that left us frustrated. It left us frustrated that he didn't adapt to other things that we expected or wanted him to do, but we knew his strengths before he, he before he came this season and we didn't play for him, play to him. And it's just a, I think it's just a, a bit of both really. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, going from the sublime to the ridiculous or the ridiculous to the sublime, I'm not quite sure which. Um, both JK and Dan gave Lukaku a great big fat zero. Neil Poin. Neil Poin for the Belgian entry into the Chelsea Eurovision Song Contest. Um, JK, um, it would be remiss of me not to ask you first because you've been consistent in your bile towards Lukaku all season, mate. I think one of the major problems was he played so well in the first game against Arsenal. Uh, and if he hadn't done that, if he'd just been shit all the way through, you could have slightly forgiven him and gone, well, he's just shit. The very fact that he played well made you realise how he could play. And then when he came back against Villa... And played well in that game. There was another example. He thought, oh, he's upped his game. So there was always this series of false dawns with him, as, as is always the case with somebody who you, you want to do well. It's never the case of, of not wanting a Chelsea player to do well. You want him to do well. However, if they have a complete lack of effort, they whinge to the press about they're not being served. I mean, I'd love to say that we weren't giving him the right service. But if for somebody, if, if, the, if the supposed servee doesn't move and just doesn't anticipate. I mean, even in the um, um, uh, watching the last game of the season, um, uh, he made no effort to go run to the near post at all whenever anybody's got the ball on the wing. He just stands about. You just think, 
this is what is this is it you you're blowing out your ass again or is this that you just really can't be bothered and i'm sorry i don't really care what the situation is i just think it was a uh and i don't know how you have any self-respect in this situation how on earth do you just turn up and not absolutely look as if you're not making any effort at all what is that about are you are you saying is it an enormous fuck you to the club is that what you're doing i don't i want the manager out i don't want to play please please you know they paid such a huge fee for you please make an effort all right the revelation that he could actually score from time to time he scored headers like in the, even in the the world club championship just because the you know he just had to move about three inches in the air to head it in but you can't have all of that that cannot be the way that you play the service has to be exactly on your head you've got to do some movement you've got to actually look as if you're interested it was a disaster of a season as i'm afraid seems to befit a a long line of chelsea strikers so uh but yes, uh, minus I should have given him minus two. Well, I, I, I should reveal. I should reveal here. I think Dan did actually give minus a thousand, but I, I, I decided we couldn't. <laughs> we couldn't have minus marks, so it got rounded up to naught. Poli- yeah. Apologies, Dan. But I mean, uh, you know, I think I think it's fairly self-evident. We've been. I mean, I, the weird thing is, he still ended up as our our top. I mean, you know, talk about statistics earlier on. I mean, he scored 15 goals for us this season. And when you consider the number of appearances he made, he's still scoring one in two, which is his career goal record. So, I mean, it just I mean, if you watch with your own eyes, he stunk the place out. And yet statistically, you could say, you know, he's 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 doing what he always does. Absolutely weird anomaly of a man. But there you go. Um, I'm going to I am going to go to you next, Dan, but not 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 to talk about Lukaku. Um, I'm intrigued by your Kante score. Uh, you know, again, I think most of us recognise that he wasn't at his best this season. Uh, one wonders whether that's down to injuries catching up. Yeah. But most of us yeah. gave him six or seven, but you gave him five. I just think he sets such high standards since he's been in the club. But I just think even when he has played, he's just been a little bit off the ball. I mean, like the Madrid game when he gave away a couple of chances. <clears throat> I think more based on, you know, a normal season Kante is eight, nine, ten. He's been massively disappointed. I don't think he's ever fully recovered from the uh, Europa League final injury. I think maybe he's now a diminishing asset. And I I think I said this time last year, maybe it's time to get rid of Kante because, you know, he did notice a bit of a drop-off last season. I think maybe it's come a point where he's had so much football, all these injuries, he's he's just not the player he was. I think it's a five based on his own previous high standards. I thought just quite disappointed in this season, generally speaking. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, the next one's really tickled me again, and I, I, we're talking about a player who's basically, as far as we know, is already gone. Uh, but Marco went against the grain for this one. Uh, it's Andreas Christensen who got a range of fours, fives, and sixes, but not from Marco. Marco has given him one point. Wow. <laughs> Hell hath no fury again, Marco, isn't it? Well, I, I felt sorry. I, I, I stood up for Christensen um, when people slaughtered him about the FA Cup thing, um, saying it could be a mental health issue. And I stand by that. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I've given him one and not zero. <laughs> because, again, another player who just prevaricate doesn't want to be at Chelsea. Um, you know... I'm sure in the fullness of time, we'll, we'll get to learn what the issues are. You know, I don't know if he if he jibs out of the El Clasico next season. Um, I, I, I don't know, but it's just a, 
inconsistency, not committed to play for Chelsea Football Club. Why would you give him any points? Yeah. I don't know. No, I think you know, Marco... It's just a massive letdown, you know, that yeah. kid. I had massive hopes for him. Um, you know, he was playing in the Champions League when he was on loan at Munching Gladbach. He came back. I sort of stood by him. I always championed his cause. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's just a bloody mercenary. And I don't care if it's like, well, you know, what was going on at Chelsea, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, he's fully aware of what he's doing. Um, so, yeah, see ya. Don't want to be ya. <laughs> Beautiful, Marco. That's absolutely. I mean, I think. I think if we think about it, you know, what what do we say all the time as Chelsea supporters? We don't really care how shit you are, but you've got to give a hundred percent effort for the shirt, you know, because you yeah. and I and many most of us on here, you know, started watching Chelsea at a time when actually a lot of the players were shit, but at least they gave a lot. I mean, do you know what? Funny, enough, I had a wonderful chat with Gary Chivers about this very point, and it was actually Gary who brought up the fact that they were all shit in the side that he played with bless his heart and we talked about that you know and I said yeah we it's funny isn't it because we still love you lot a lot I mean you know you you, you bump into ex-players that that kind of early 80s team is still much loved late 70s team a lot of the players are very well loved and and it, I think it is because they were shit but they put in 100% and we knew that and he said yeah we, we knew that too we knew that we were shit but we would always put an effort for you lot because it was very much reciprocated that surely is the bottom line and it doesn't really happen with enough players in the modern game if you ask uncle chidge um i've got another number numero uno here uh for uh for christian a uh, christian Cal- callum hudson Adoy from mr kid jk yes. frightful season he was frightful. injured for most of it yeah but he was it was when he did play he was just he was so average well, in a sense, I'm being a bit Marco-ish. I'm giving him a low point because he was injured, the bastard. I gave him two. <laughs> I didn't give him a lot. But he, I just thought, well, you know, he, was, he hardly played. I know, but I always felt that you could tell he wasn't doing what was required by the fact that Tuchel just constantly abused him from the touchline. Mm. Constantly. He was always shouting at him. Abuse, the wrong word. Always telling him he's not done what he's supposed to be doing. Shouting at him. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, shouting being his usual stick insect. Self, the the arms were very straight and twitchy whenever and whenever a door like a praying uh, mantis isn't doing it. it. There is a touch of that yeah. about him, yes, yes. But no, that's why that's the reason why I did it. I didn't think he was um, fulfilling his um, his early promise. And it, it, here's the thing, Chidge. I think is we talk about effort, but um, uh, we're not seeing the player that he was, and we've yet to see it. We see it in bursts. We saw it in the Europa League a few times before his injury, and all right. It may be that he, it could be that the injury that he had, the same one that um, uh, that Cheek had, has uh, has affected him. But um, um, uh, a bitterly disappointing season for me. Really, really awful. Well, I, 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 well, indeed, I concur. I mean, just to wrap up the player ratings bit um, in reverse order, uh, we have uh, Malang Malang Saar, everybody's favourite Malang Saar, uh, who. Uh, there are 23 in the squad. He ended up 23rd. He got 2.4. Uh, Lukaku got 2.7 in 22nd. Uh, 21st was uh, Barkley. He got 2.8. 20th is uh, Niguez, uh, Saul. He got 3.1. 19, hudson Adore on 3.6. Werner, uh, 18th on 4.3. Christensen, 4.4, 17th. Pulisic, 4.5, 16th. 
Loftus Cheek 4.7 uh, 15th and where's the 14th have I missed out four there we go ZH 14th on five uh, Aspilicueta 5.8 and 13th Jorginho 5.9 in 12th uh, Kante 6 in 11th Kepper 6.1 and 10th uh, where's the nine gone it's great radio, isn't it? Right, Havertz, he, he got ninth with 6.4. Um, Bum Chilwell got eight. Oh, sorry, he was eighth on 6.6. Alonso was seventh on 6.7. Mendy, sixth with 6.9. Rudiger, fifth with 7.6. Uh, Kovacic, fourth with 7.7. And you know uh, the, th- the top three, which were Mount, James and Silver. So there you go. Havertz was a disappointment, wasn't he, Chich? Let's be honest. Uh, I think reflected by his being ninth there. Without the Champions League final goal, we'll be asking similar questions to him, of him that we have been of Werner and Lukaku. Yeah, I mean, what I would say for... I mean, I know we kind of say this a lot about Werner, who does put a lot of effort in. I, I, I think I think Havertz... I mean, again, I think, I think the massive caveat we have to put on a lot of the performances and a lot of the players is, is, is in the context of this season, which is what I said in the intro. So, you know, COVID, fatigue, injuries, all of these things. I, I'm sure what happened with the sanctions did cause ructions in the camp. I've got no doubt about that. And that would have played out on the pitch. So I think you have to put it in that context. I mean, Havertz in particular, because Luko is playing, Lukaku is playing so shit... Uh, you know, Tuchel was playing him every match for a while and he got knackered, you know, and I think you can say that about a lot of the players, you know. Um, it's just, this is a season that really not, does need to have context wrapped all around it. And actually, that's a, a really good uh, segue into the Thomas Tuchel rating. And Tuchel got uh, mainly eight, actually, bless him. Uh, Dane gave him 8.5. I have to say, Dane is the most generous of <laughs> of player ratings and everybody ratings I should, I'll flesh that out a bit because I averaged everybody's ratings for the team and the management out. And uh, most of us were six, apart from Marco, who, uh, who who gave a five on average. But that's largely due to his Lukaku and Christensen and uh, Niguez and Hudson-Odoi or Saar scores and Barkley, who he all gave ones to. Uh, Tony gave seven and Dane gave seven. So they were the most generous. Uh, but anyway, yeah, two cool, mainly eights, apart from Dane's 8.5. Couple of sevens uh, from Clayton and Marco. But the outlier with 6.5 was Martin. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you need to quote me in full there because I've said on pitch 6.5. Oh, you did. You did. But I, I can't be putting two bloody things into the thing because otherwise I can't <laughs> do the averages. If I'd have known that, I would have ignored it and still put the same raise again. So, you, so, so <laughs> uh, no, go on then. You've got, got to write a reply yeah. now. So what would you... No. Yeah, yeah so 6.5 on the pitch, I think. Um, we've talked a lot about players not adapting, etc. I think Tuchel needed to adapt a little bit as well, um, especially when it became obvious halfway through the season that creatively we were stuck in quite a rut. Um, I don't think he did that. I think towards the last third of the season same things that afflicted the players got on top of him as well so I don't think we've well I don't think we've seen the best of him this year certainly in comparison to his um, half season last year but you know a lot of it was fine margins and he just happened to be on the wrong side of it I'm sure he'll get better I also put 10 out of 10 off the pitch because he was put in an absolutely disgusting position by the board and you can talk about my ratings of them later on and he was exemplary and when you have that compared to Eddie Howe simping for the Saudi Arabian 
um, government and refusing to condemn anything that's gone on there, he was an example. And so was Emma Hayes, but she's not on this rating, but she deserves equal credit for doing exactly the same thing. Here, bloody here. Um, I was going to, I was going to, you know, before you said that, Martin, and, and you're right, you did put both of those scores in in the original thing. But Clayton, um, you were one of many of us who gave Thomas Tuchel eight. I would imagine you would echo Martin's latter sympathies uh, with that. But, but a- actually, just to um, just to correct you, Chidge, I didn't give him eight. I gave him seven. Oh. I, I basically I did seven for team and ten for sanctions. Ah. Exactly the same as what Martin said right. off the pitch and during the sanctions, he was just incredible. I think on pitch, I think it's difficult to to sort of sep- well, you have to separate post sanction Chelsea and how because I think the whole there was such a malaise. Um, how they raised themselves is is quite a miracle to be honest. But I th- I think that. He he could have done better this year um, because when we lost Chilwell and then we lost um, Reese, he kept playing the same system in the main. I know we went to a back four, but I think he needed to change things and he didn't. Now, you can argue he didn't have the players, which is fair enough, but I think he needed to change things up because we couldn't play in what was our, our strongest um formation because our two best players in that formation weren't playing and I I think that teams found us out and you know as much as we love Asby he's no Reese James when it comes to being a wing back. Um Alonso to a certain extent was okay but as we mentioned Alonso has one or two great games and then he basically has an absolute stinker. So I think and then he can't, he can't play every game in that position either. So when he had to drop out or he was tired, yeah. he ended up playing Saul or Malang Sar, and it just oh, completely yeah. went and off even, the even rails. Even played wing and, back and also the, the the other thing I wasn't particularly happy with Tommy T, although it didn't really matter in the end. Was I thought it was really unfair for him not to play Kepper in the League Cup final. I thought Kepper had played really well, and every time he's come in this season, he's done a really really good job. Uh, and I thought that was a, <clears throat> I thought that was a shitty thing to do, um, but in saying that, it has to be said that uh, Edward in that final was absolutely extraordinary, and perhaps he really fucked up by by doing the Kappa swap. So it was a bit ironic in the end. Good points, Clayton. Very very good points. Um, right, the final uh, rating we give is to the board. Uh, and I'm just going to give you a bit of context here because, you know, if, if we talk about averages, uh, you know, we gave an average of six across the board, basically, for the players. But if, uh, you know, if Tuchel got 7.7, that makes him Kovacic. So that was our fourth our fourth best player on our ratings. Um, the, <clears> board, <throat> the board got 3.6, which makes them Hudson-Odoi on, on, on the equivalent which t- basically says they were absent for most of the season, which I think is a very fair comment. Um, though Tony, Tony, incredibly generous, gave him a six. Most of us were on were five or under. Um, uh, Clayton gave them absolutely zero, which I might talk to him about in a second. But um, Dan gave them two, and and I think due respect to Dan, because unlike all of us, lot Dan's actually dealt with them for most of the season. So Dan probably has a, a, a slightly more informed view than ours um so you gave him a pretty low mark dan do they deserve it from your experiences of them this season 
I mean, yes, and I mean, you know, they've, you know, they've, the ball's been the ball. I just think, as Martin alluded to, the fact they threw both Emma Hayes and two quite the bus is just appalling. You know, this, they could have easily, Bruce Buck or anybody should have come out and, you know, made statements. You know, even, even Stephen Atkins, his director of comms, didn't say anything. May well have been feeding Thomas Tuchel the right lines, or I doubt it. They just handled everything really, really bad. And also the whole thing with sanctions and stuff. Not a huge amount of communication the whole way through. They could have come out on numerous occasions to, you know, to bite all these rumours, you know, put them to bed, but they didn't. I just think they're just too, just to, just for doing the job, you know, just for turning up every day and doing the job. Yeah. No, know, but... there's, there's a lot, I don't know if I can or can't say about what's gone on, which maybe. You'd have to shoot us if you told us, wouldn't you? Well, I need to get some guidance before I can say stuff. But there's stuff that, you know, you know, you, you know what's gone on that might just be, you know. We should say, no, I just think I just think the whole way they handled it, well, really from sanctions onwards, they were poorly. Really, they should take a long, hard look at themselves and think, you know what? We could and should have done a lot more to protect Tuchel, protect Emma Hayes. Yeah, definitely right. I got... You publish a book, Dan, when, um, when they've all been sacked. Well, when it's all been sat, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Good. Yeah. I can't hey, wait. I think, uh, you might need to wait for them to pass away so they don't sue you for libel <laughs> or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's a very but, um, good point, Martin. Uh, one thing I would also point I mean, there was press speculation at the height of the hysteria in early March that Tuchel could leave. And that was, in my view, driven by the complete lack of support he was given by the board. Not even when he had that particular press conference where he said, I have answered this question three times and I can't answer it. I can't say any more. And he sounded like he was at the end of his tether. Had he walked away at that point, don't think too many people would have blamed him. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't at all. It's a good point, Martin. Uh, I wonder if that is the reason Clayton gave them a great big fat raspberry of a zero. Absolutely. Completely and utterly. It, it was unforgivable. Absolutely unforgivable. It's like, you know, I, I appreciate that the board was, in essence, Roman. I mean, you know, they, they were Roman and they were Roman's people and all the rest of it. But as Dan said, even if you put Steve Atkins up, I mean, we all know Steve Atkins. Steve Atkins is a lovely guy, very personable. And, you know, he could have been put up. I, I just think it was absolutely reprehensible. I, I don't... You know, to even put the club in the position of potentially losing Tuchel over this is just, it was just bonkers, to be honest. It was irresponsible. Um, obviously, this board has been put into a situation that, that no other football board has ever been put into. So it's difficult to know how to react. And I'm sure that they did great work in getting the sale through. Uh, and I suppose for that reason, yes, nor is is not very kind and not very nice. But I just I just think the 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 public face of the club, I mean, we all know that things are gonna change now. But okay, Roma didn't speak, we all know that, and that that's fine, but to just hang Tuchel out and to a certain extent Emma Hayes as well uh, is was just unforgivable as far as I'm concerned. Totally agree mate and I think the reality is it wouldn't have cost any money you know because I know that they weren't allowed to spend money and stuff but it wouldn't have cost any money to have actually just had some brains and say you know what we're going to ring fence Tuchel and the team away from all of this sanctioned stuff so we're going to say to the people in the press you you do not ask questions about what's going on the sanctions they they will not be able to answer 
but we will be we will be putting up daily if if needs be a spokesman for the club to talk purely about the business side of it and that's in hindsight which i know is a wonderful thing but that's what they should have done because you're Isn't right that just basic crisis management yes page one I'm amazed, but not for the first time at Chelsea Football Club. Um, I'm amazed uh, it, it's taken us this long to get through. No, I'm amazed that it's not, not taken us uh, as long as I thought it would to get through this bit. But uh, we're going to have a quick break. Uh, and then we're going to come back with part two. And in part two, we will be talking all about the... Uh, I can't remember now because I can't find my running order. Oh, I know. Player of the season, breakthrough player of the season, most disappointing player of the season and goal of the season. We will be back very soon. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Soon. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Football Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast with me, Stanford Chiz, joined by, as ever, the legend that is Jonathan Kidd, the uh, the, the, the front man for the Rudy V's. Thank you. Yes, we've got a gig on Friday. Anybody wants to come? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, also, in no particular order, lovely Mark Worrell, uh, Martin Wickham, Good evening, Clayton Beerman. Hello. Dane Whittle. Evening. And Dan Silver. In other words, the hardcore of the uh, Chelsea fan cast firm. Do not mess with mess with us. And Pitch. stand. What? Well, will Dean be visiting just to humiliate us? No, Dean, Dean can't. He's, uh, he's, uh, oh. he's having a look after his kids. Uh, so oh, he, sent he me just a... might come in for a small window. Of, I was uh, hoping he would. Opportunity. But, but don't worry. I, I, will, I will just have to sub in for Dean. 
which okay. will make a nice change. So there you go. Right, uh, we're into uh, our kind of player uh, of the season award type things. Um, we know we know that Silver, uh, you know, got the most points in the player ratings. Nobody will be surprised. So I'll make this quick. Uh, that every single one of us voted for Silver as our Player of the Year, apart from Tony, who voted for Reese James. So consistency uh, and then some. Um, although Tony gave him nine. Tony gave him nine and uh, he gave... I think Tony was drunk when he did this. Oh, no, he gave Reese James nine. I do apologise to him. And he gave Silver... He gave Silver eight. So fair enough. He's consistent too. Um, the next one is the Breakthrough Player of the Year. Uh, I'm I'm absolutely delighted that we all went for the obvious one, and I'll talk to Clayton in a minute. Uh, but we all went for Trevor Chaloba, uh, which I think is fantastic, in my opinion, absolutely well deserved. Um, Clayton gave Gallagher. I kind of see what you've done there, Clayton. Mm. I just yeah, I, I I was just being contrary. I just thought uh, he is our breakthrough prior of the year. Uh, he didn't play for us, but I think he will be starting 11 next season where I'm not 100% sure that Trev will be. Why not? Why not? I'm just not sure that he will be. I I think that we will, we will buy players in and I think he'll be shunted. I don't think, I think he'll play, but I just don't think he'll be first 11 whereas I think Gallagher will be. Mm. It was slightly breakthrough the player of the year because there wasn't really anybody else. He did kind of win by default, didn't he? Yeah. But he, get, he got extra credit for me for that, you know, playing through that gruesome injury he suffered in the League Cup final. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I voted him purely because, I mean, you're right, there wasn't much of a choice really, was there, in terms of kids that were breaking through. But I, I just thought, I didn't expect him to be there at all. He was brilliant in the, in the UEFA Cup Super Final, whatever it is, Super Cup Final. I thought he very, very rarely let us down. He didn't look out of his depth. Okay, he got a bit shonky kind of mid-season, but who didn't? Um, I, I was very disappointed that Tuchel didn't play him a lot in the latter part of the season. But then again, we're not on the training ground and he is. But I certainly was impressed with good old Trevo. Um, this is uh, going... Okay, yeah, well, this well, this again is pretty much of a shoe-in. Uh, most disappointing player of the year. You will not be astonished to learn that it was... Um, Mr. Lukaku again. Everybody voted for Lukaku apart from Clayton and uh, and Tony. Uh, Tony Tony went for Pulisic, which I, I kind of get. You know, I I I I I could have easily voted for Pulisic myself because I expected so much more of him. Um, Clayton went for every striker. Clayton, I'm I'm presuming, obviously that includes Lukaku, but. You know, like I said at the beginning, you know, if if you can define, if there's one defining thing about this season on the pitch, it was our inability to put the ball in the back of the net. So therefore, you know, you could argue that the midfield are equally as culpable because they don't, they're not providing the surface. But Werner, Havertz, Pulisic, arguably, and Lukaku uh, were the men that were failing to deliver, weren't they? Yeah, and I I love what Marco said right at the start. The the, the absolute and utter frustration that these guys aren't doing it because, and I heard this elsewhere on another podcast, and I think this is so true. If, if those players played to their ability, then we could have won the league or we could have been up there because, you know, if those players, we've seen what Pulisic can do. We've seen what Lukaku can do. We've seen what Werner can do, albeit on a, completely bonkers ad hoc fashion um but but these players can all do it 
they can all do it. So why the effing hell aren't they doing it? I mean, it's complete frustration. It really is. Yeah, very good point, mate. Can't argue with that. Um, so, Silver wins the Player of the Year. Chaloba wins the Breakthrough of the Year. Uh, Lukaku wins the Most Disappointing of the Year. So we've now got goal of the season. And I think this is the first time, really, this evening, where we've got a bit of a variance. Um, it, it, there are nominations, uh, well, it, it, albeit only two, looking back at it properly. But it seems to be Kovacic versus uh, Liverpool at home versus uh, Ziyech against Spurs. Um, most of us voted for Kovacic, so Kovacic is going to win it. So uh, me, JK, uh, Dane, Dean, Marco, Mark, Martin all voted for Kovacic, whereas Dan and Clayton and Tony all went for Ziyech against Spurs. Dan, why, why Ziyech and not Kovacic for you? I just thought just such an <clears throat> incredible goal away, just hit it absolutely the postage stamp. And I think it was a great picture that took of like Luis just looking at the ball hitting the back of the net because it was an important goal in important times. So I just thought it was just absolutely stunning, stunning goal. And it's against Spurs as well. So that's, you know, but Kova, Kovacic was a very close set. I was quite, you know, Rizzler paper decision making process, but I just thought it was just a fantastic finish. I really enjoyed it going in the back of the net. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that. I mean, I, I actually originally voted for Mount against West Ham, uh, that wonderful volley, because I just thought his technique was flawless with that. I mean, he, he couldn't have hit it more perfectly. Um, but then I then I thought about it and I thought, well, come on, Chidge. You know, you, you can't not vote for Kovacic because it, he never bloody scores. He normally hits row Z. So, and I mean, that also I thought was just brilliant technique, the way he kind of just gently stepped back to get in the right position to, to hit it the way he did. So... And no doubt it'll win because well, I mean, the clubs still do that, don't they? So I would be amazed if they uh, they did not uh, that he did not win that. Right, okay, there we go. That was a very quick round, quick fire round, as they like to say on these type of things. Ajax was a wonderful goal, though, Chich. No, I, I, I. You know what? I, I'm struggling to remember it because I've got a memory like a goldfish. Can somebody explain one. it for me? Curly one from the edge of the area, left-footed, and it just. Um, oh, I remember. You curled it in top corner. In. Top bins. Thought- going too wide and it just entered in the top corner and as Dan said Lloris just watched it go in yeah. it was, and it was against it, Spurs and it was it was actually brilliant but I think the fact that as you say Kovacic uh, never Kovacic is such a useless strike, a striker of the ball when it comes to scoring that um, uh, that was why we also gave it as you said as well he stepped backwards to volley in so yeah it was great big okay we're going to have a quick break but before we do that um, in lieu of no uh, kind of plugs or ads uh, to do during the show at all really in the traditional way um, I'm going to dump Marco in it by uh, largely because it, I was reminded today by DJ uh, tweeting out the subscription form for CFC UK um, so Marco what we need to do is follow only at only a pound on Twitter and then they'll find their subscription form for next season right? Yeah he tweeted it today so um, earlier today at only a pound um yeah, or email fanzine at cfcuk.net for details. In, indeed, I'm, I'm kind of desperately scrabbling to find the time, so I'm prepared tonight. What an amateur. But yeah, it's a, it's actually a physical form. You can print this out, but uh, like we always say, the prices have gone up. Inflation, people, inflation. It's even hit DJ, mate. Uh, it's still going to be only a pound uh, if you're there in person, of course. Um, but uh, the... Uh, the uh, the hard copy uh, hard copy subscription is going to be eighteen quid a year now, 
And if you live in Europe, the cost will be 40 quid and uh, the rest of the world will be 56 quid. But you get about, I don't know, eight, 10 issues a year for that. And it's it's minimum 10 issues, as DJ says. So it's well worth it. It really is. It is I mean, the writing and the writers, I exclude myself from this immediately, but the writers and writing in it is 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 second to none. And Clayton and Marco... Both you only out. have read your own article, though. Chief. Yeah, but I'm only checking for any <laughs> anything that, that DJ takes out and decides is, <laughs> was factually incorrect or or going to get his ass little ass sued. Uh, the and red pen. Yes, exactly the red pen. Um, plus the fact that um, I know it winds Tim rolls up, <laughs> which is as good a reason as any for me. You know, he seems to be tickled by the fact that I always read mine first. Uh, I mean, actually, the reality is, I'll, I'll share this with you, because I tend to read the CFC UK in the time-honoured tradition of sitting on the Kazi. And uh, I, I actually do go in chronological order. I don't read my own article first, to be fair. But there are some people that I look out for more than others. That'll be true. I mean, I, I, I've always loved reading your stuff. Uh, and Kelvin, obviously, and Walter is, a, is an absolute must. Tim's I like. Clayton, obviously, is, is lovely reading all of my mates in there, Clayton and Dean and such. But uh, it's great, you know, go and get it, people. And the other thing is, talking of reading, Mark, you got any books in the offing this summer um, that you can talk about? Uh, yes, the, there is, uh, well, just recently published, in fact, you, you released the interview that you did with um, Jason Gibbons last week, for better or worse. Life, Love and Supporting Chelsea in the 1990s is a... Uh, Really good book, very well written. Um, there is one in the departure lounge from Kelvin Barker, his first solo piece of work since the the incomparable book that is Celery representing Chelsea in the 1980s. The benchmark. The benchmark, yeah. So, yeah, Kelvin's uh, got that together. There is another one in the departure lounge from... Chris Wright and uh, a very tasty book that I can't tell I, I know I know about the tasty book that you can't tell me about what you can tell me though is when it's due out um, in the summer okay All is right. it a tasty book is that like a scratch and sniff yeah what, recipe book from Chelsea's finest it smells of Chelsea mate <sighs> That's all you need to know. Brilliant, Marco. Um, watch out for those people. As ever, you know, the fan cast hopefully will be highly involved with any any releases from Gate 17 because we love talking to the authors and wittering on about the books. Jason's book, by the way, is is just... I mean, Marco said this to me when he, he said, mate, this is a real cracker. You're going to love this. And he's not wrong. It's a brilliantly written book and it's got that lovely blend of football and life. And Jason's got a great sense of humour and he's very self-deprecating and I like his style and I had huge fun talking to him for an hour about it last week and that went up on friday i think so if you haven't heard it yet do give it a listen right we're gonna have a quick break and then we'll be back to talk about the annual uh humiliation of the chelsea fancasters courtesy of dean mears real fans real opinions i'm jason cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast and it is the season review 2021-2022 20, 
uh, review. Uh, and I've got a full, pretty much full house tonight. We've got Martin Wickham. Evening. Clayton Beerman. Hello. Dan Silver. Evening. Dane Whittle and Marco Worrell. Evening. All in the house. And Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Whoop, 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 whoop. I thought you'd forgotten. I know. You looked very sad, like a little child that's been left at home. Everybody's gone <laughs> off to play. Yes. Uh, but no, would, the show would not be the show without you, as you well know. Now, yeah. we're still in the middle of our season review, but we're kind of going to take a, a step back from it for a minute, uh, uh, after which we will, without a shadow of a doubt, we'll be uh, continuing and continuing with our best and worst of the season. But before talking of best and worst, uh, the lovely Dean Mears, who sadly can't be here tonight, he's got, uh, got he's kind of embroiled in all sorts of craziness tonight, so he can't make it. But... Um, he, uh, at the beginning of the season, sends around a spreadsheet for us, or a list <clears throat> for us, where we have to predict uh, what is going to happen with this season. And then we all completely forget about it. I certainly did, as usual. And uh, and then at the end of the season, in this particular show, he ritually hum- humiliates us with how stupid we are. <laughs> uh, now, Dean has sent me this script, so forgive me for, for reading it out, but uh, there ain't no other way of doing it, as far as I can see. So I'm just going to kind of resize it so I can see your lovely faces at the same time. And uh, then I will jolly well get on with it. Uh, let me have a quick look. There we go. It's now kind of CFC UK font size. I can just about read that. There you go. Right. We're back again to review our season predictions and see if anyone can challenge Martin Wickham for his crown. See, there you go. Immediately, I forgot... Of course, our brainiac is Martin Wick. Martin, who was always my first pick on the Chelsea Supporters Trust annual quiz, which we uh, left, I think we only lost once in four years, all down to the fact I had Martin on my team. See, I'm not stupid. So there you go. Martin uh, won it last year. Now, much like Prem Predictions League, each spot-on prediction wins you points, whilst incorrect ones lose you them. The categories were Chelsea's final legal league position, league goal scored, league goals conceded, top four, bottom three, how Chelsea would do in the Super Cup, Caribou Cup, FA Cup and Champions League, our top scorer, plus number of goals, and who would win Player of the Year. <laughs> so, are you ready? First up is Chelsea's final league position, which we all know is third. A correct answer is worth 50 points, uh, whilst each incorrect position is worth minus five, meaning minus 10 points for Chidge, JK, Alex, Charlie, Charlie, uh, Charlie Beerman, uh, who uh, got to play this uh, season, as I forgot completely again. And by the way, happy 18th birthday for young Charlie for the other day. Thank you very much. I shall tell him. It won't be long before he... Wouldn't it be lovely, Clayton, if Mrs. Mrs. B would allow it, for uh, you and Charlie to come on the show together sometime in the imminent... Maybe next season. Yeah, be good. Yeah, thank be, you. Be lovely. Maybe we get J.K. and and his lovely, lovely daughter Georgia. That'd be you know, kind of the youth taking over. I'd be, she'd love it. She'd, she'd just talk about it. her love for Mason Mount for ninety minutes, though. That, wouldn't unfortunately, she? that's all she'd talk about. Yeah. That wouldn't deviate much from a normal show, though, would it? Very true, Martin. Anyway, I rudely interrupted myself. Um, yeah. So where was I? Ten minus ten points for me, J.K., Alex, Charlie, Dane, Mark, Dean, and Louis Thompson, uh, who all thought we would win the league. Uh, minus five points for Tony, Clayton, Dan, Marco and Martin, who thought would finish runners-up. So none of us got anywhere near it, uh, and we all lost a shed load of points. Now, for league goals scored, which was 76, a spot-on answer was worth 50 points. But since nobody guessed that correct, I've given closest to the pin a 25-point bonus, which was Dan, who predicted 75 goals, which is one away. Dan, that's inspired, mate. Very lucky guess. Bloody hell, man. 
I would have given you the damn points for all of it there. I think Dean's being a bit tight. Uh, anyway, everyone else who was wrong gets minus the difference. So from best to worst, we've got Chidge. Oh, I didn't do too badly, weirdly. Uh, Clayton, Marco with minus two points. Mark with minus three points. Marty with minus four points. Charlie with minus nine points. Dean and Tony minus 10. Dane minus 16. Louis uh, minus 19. Alex minus 24. And JK showing true Prem predictions form with minus 30. <laughs> yes, if there are goals involved, you know JK's not going to do well. Uh, right, so uh, same rules apply for goals conceded. Nobody guessed 33, but Clayton was closest with 32. So 25 points for him. Everyone else is a minus. The difference again, so from best to worst, we've got Chidge, uh, minus three. JK, Tony and Mark, minus six. Marco and Dan, minus seven. Martin and Louis, minus eight. Dean, minus nine. Dane, <coughs> minus ten. Charlie, minus 12. And Alex, minus 13. Uh, Dan, the only man in in positive territory as you currently I, I, yeah. have it. If your mass is on, on the fly is good, Marco, then I suspect yes, because uh, Dean hasn't <laughs> done me a running total. Dean, do me a running total next season. Anyway, um, where were we? For top four, each spot is worth 25 points. So guessing City, Liverpool, Chelsea and Spurs would earn you 100 points. If you get the right team in the wrong place, you get five points. And if you picked a team that finished outside the top four, you get minus five points per, per position they finished in the league and the top four points were 25 points was uh, the best score for Charlie, Dan, Mark, Marco and Martin, who all had different combinations of City, Chelsea, Liverpool with Manchester uh, United in fourth. Um, OK, fair enough. Tony and Clayton scored 20 points for City, Chelsea, United, Liverpool. Chidge and Dane scored five points for Chelsea, City, Liverpool, United. JK scored minus 20 for Chelsea, City, United and West Ham. And with minus 25 points was Alex, Dean and Louis, who all had Chelsea, City, United and Leicester. So uh, we're, how we, we're, doing, we're about more than halfway through now. Same rules for the bottom three. Each spot on is worth 25 points. So guessing Norwich, Watford and Burnley would have earned you 75 points. Right team and wrong place gets you five points. And if you picked a team that stayed up, it's minus five points per position they finished. 20 points was the best score from Mark Meehan. He got 25 points. For Norwich, 25 points for Watford and minus 30 for Palace. The only other positive score was plus five from Marco, who had Southampton, Watford and Norwich, and Dean, who had Burnley, Watford and Brentford. Then we head into negative territory with Dane, minus 10, Alex, minus 35, Chidge and Dan, minus 40, Tony, minus 45, JK, minus 65. He's real prem predictions form here, JK. And the two worst scores came from Louis, who had Newcastle, Palace and Watford and Martin, who had Brentford, Newcastle and Watford for both, uh, both for minus 75 points, blimey. How uh, the fuck did I miss out Norwich for relegation? I must have been pissed or something. Yeah, it's a schoolboy error from you. What a twat. I have to say, because that's not like you at all. Now, <laughs> Beerman Senior and Junior both didn't care about who went down, so I gave them the average score of minus 32 and an additional minus 10, meaning minus 42. Now for the cup competition. <laughs> getting the, getting the V sign from Clayton. Dean, well done. Now for cup competitions, correctly predicting the correct round Chelsea would reach earns you 50 points. For the Club World Cup, we all thought Chelsea would win that competition, so 50 points to everybody. I forgot the Super Cup, so everybody can have 50 points for that as well. He's always much much kinder than me. Uh, for the Caribou Cup, only Martin predicted would finish as runners-up, so 50 points to him. Uh, JK, uh, Clayton, Charlie, Dan, Marco and Dean all said would win, so they received 25 points for having the correct round. 
The Smart Buddies scored minus five for saying the semi-final. Chidge, Dane and Mark scored minus 10 for saying quarterfinals. And Louis <laughs> scored minus 15 for predicting a fourth round exit. For the FA Cup, Alex predicted a third consecutive defeat. So she gets 50 points for being the biggest negative Nora there is. Uh, Chidge, JK, Dan, Dane, Mark, Martin, Dean and Louis said uh, would win the competition. So they get 25 points for having the correct round. Marco, Clayton and Charlie scored minus five for predicting the semi-final. And Tony scored minus 10 for saying the quarterfinals. And for the Champions League, Tony, Alex, Clayton, Charlie, Dan and Marco all predicted a quarterfinal exit. So they all received 50 points. Chidge, Mark and Martin scored minus five for predicting would reach the semi-final. And JK, Dane, Dean and Louis all scored minus 10 for suggesting would win back-to-back European Cups. Schoolboy error, boys. Now, our top scorer this season was Romelu Lukaku. So the following people all received 50 points. JK, Alex, Clayton, Charlie, Dane, Mark, Marco, Martin, Dean and Louis. So, JK, do you want to take back your nil point for uh, he assisted you to 50 points there? No. Nope. Okay, just checking. And the final prediction, uh, the uh, player uh, of the year. Uh, hang on. No, I've missed a bit out. Sorry. Uh, Chidge and Tony said Havertz and Dan said Werner. Lukaku scored 15 goals across all comps. Nobody guessed that for 50 points, but closest was Mark with 18, so 25 points to him. And the final prediction, the player of the year, which was won by Mason Mount, sees 50 points awarded to Chidge, Alex, Dan and Martin. Other guesses included Jorginho, Havertz, Werner and Rhys James. So at the end of all that, here's how the table looks in reverse order. Are you ready? In last place and relegated to the championship with 53 points is Louis Thompson. Joining him in 12th place with 59 points is Mr. Jonathan Kidd. In 11th place and filling the final relegation place with 89 points is Tony Glover. Surviving by the skin of his teeth in 10th place with 110 points is Chidge. I'd say that's quite healthy, Dean. Not the the skin. I mean, you know, that's nearly 20 20 points, mate. 21 Mm -hmm. points. Safe. (coughs) Mid-table mediocrity for Dean in 9th place with 141 points. Dane in 8th place with 164 points and Charlie Beerman in 7th with 177. Making the Europa Conference League in 6th place with 188 points is Ms. Alex Churchill. Busy Thursday night's incoming for Dan Silver in 5th place with 198 points. And making the Champions League in 4th place is last year's winner, Martin Wickham with 203 points. Sack the manager. Yeah. <laughs> a comfortable third for Mark Meehan with 211 points. And in unprecedented circumstances, we have uh, Mr. Clayton Beerman and Marco Worrell tied on 216 points for the title. Now, I, 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 the two things occurred to me here. One, one is well done, Clayton. The other is Mark Worrell. I'm, I'm just, I'm in awe of you. I, what is it you do? You know, if you like done that Back to the Future thing and got the the record book and just know everything that's going to happen. I mean, you absolutely barnstormed, and I haven't seen you actually to congratulate you on this, but you, <laughs> you barnstormed the uh, Perm Predictions League, mate, with an absolutely stunning performance where you kind of reeled Lukey Boy in, overtook him and stayed the course, which was just brilliant. And now you've bloody won this, well, tied for winning this one. What is it you do, Marco? I don't know. I, 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 don't know. I had a good season on fantasy football as yeah. well. So I, I, I don't know. I think... I don't know, <laughs> but you're not you're not arguing with it. That's the this main season thing. was an aberration, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. Anyway, um, I, we, Dean refuses. He's not going to be all American here. Well, he actually no, he is going to be very all American here because he can't bear the thought of sort of a draw. So there has to be a winner, and he's got a question for the tie break, a tiebreaker to decide 
who wins the title closest to the pin wins. So, as we know, Mason Mount finishes the highest scorer in the Premier League for Chelsea with 10 goals. I thought it was 11, but don't worry, Dean. Uh, but what I want to know is, uh, actually it might have been eight, but anyway, who's counting, is when you add up all of our highest Premier League scorers from 1992 to ni- 1992-3 season, where Mick Harvard scored 11 Premier League goals, up oh. until the 2021-22 season where Mount scored 10, what is the total of number of goals combined uh, and as Marco answered all the questions, he can go first. So you just How need... How many seasons is that? Uh, 30, isn't it? Thir- is it? 29. Okay, I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for... Let's have a guess. Uh... 377. All right, 377. Clayton? 400. And the winner of the Chelsea Fancast predictions for 2021-22, the championi, is Clayton Beerman. Oh, well done, Clayton. Because the answer was 549. Really? 549. How about them apples, eh? I'm, I'm astonished with that. To be really honest, astonished, I tell you. But there you go. Well, well played, boys, and well played, everybody, and well played, Dean, for putting it all together. It is ridiculous fun. I do, I do love these little inter fan cast battles. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I know Marco romped away with the prem predictions, but I was, you know, trying to catch up with the likes of Dane Whittle, who, who, who beat me in, in the horrible mid table where we found ourselves. It's, a, it's, a, I don't know. We're just competitive, I suppose. That's the thing. Right now, back to the season review and we're now on to our best and worst of the season so we started off with the best result uh and we got a whole selectione of uh of, of choices here all of them brilliant actually um we had palmeiras i voted for palmeiras as did dane as did clayton uh winning the club world cup obviously uh we had the real madrid away match which was absolutely brilliant i was torn between choosing Palmeiras and, and Real Madrid away. And the fact that we won a trophy beating Palmeiras kind of swayed it for me. But JK voted for Real Madrid away, as did Tony. Uh, Dan and Marco both went for Spurs away. Uh, and then there were cause a little bit of a variance here. Dean went for Southampton away, a 6-0. Mark went for Norwich at home which I can understand. Uh, I think he's taken it literally there because that was 7-0, wasn't it? And uh, Martin went for Juventus at home, which, again, I, I was I was torn, but I actually ended up going for it in the next category, which we'll see in a minute. So the winner is uh, the uh, win against Palmeiras, which, of course, won us the World Club Cup. So I will speak to Clayton about that one. Uh, I'd speak to somebody else. I was on a plane when we were playing them. So uh, Yeah, but, but why just... did you vote for it? You can tell us why you voted for it. Because it was the it, it, it wasn't the aim at the beginning of the season, but it was the, it was the one thing we'd never won. So to win it was was fantastic, and I'm very happy that we won it. And I'm really really glad I didn't buy the t-shirt with the three logo on it, which I think you did, didn't you? Yeah, I did, but um, <laughs> at the time it seemed like a good idea. It was a good idea at the time, um, but yeah, no. So that's why I voted for it because I, I just thought. Sorry, the logo is faded out quite dramatically. So it's, it's subver- subvertised, is what they call it, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, that's why I voted for it because it was uh, had to be done, and it was done. 
Yeah, definitely that. Definitely that. Um, Dan and Marco went... Dan, Spurs away. Uh, I, I pretty much goes without saying, I know you love beating Spurs. I know Marco does too, but uh, any other reason why you voted for that well, one? Well, a couple of reasons. First, it was on my birthday. And secondly, I was watching it with Steve Byrne over in Spain. So it was a really nice drunken afternoon in Spain watching Chelsea beat Spurs in a pub full of Spurs fans. So I really enjoyed it. Good hope. Um, Martin went for uh, Juventus at home. Dean went for Southampton away. Dean's not here. Mark's not here. He went for Norwich at home. Uh, Tony's not here. And he went for Real Madrid away. So, Martin, Juventus at home. Why the best result as opposed to best match? Um, I may have probably confused, confused the meaning of the question, to be honest. I just went with the performance as a whole. And I thought it was jaw dropping to watch and then well do you know what in in, re- in reality i should probably put it put it in the worst well, category want... but i didn't know at the time that um chillwell's knee was gonna mean our season do you want to swap it around do you want to swap no, it... I'll, no I'll, I'll stick with my first well if you swapped my, my it around that would that would mean that there were three votes for real madrid which would make palmeiras and real madrid a tie and we get to have a <laughs> vote off <laughs> i'm halfway up my fucking back here I'll go on there, make you interested. All right, I'm going to do it. So, okay, that being the case, uh, Real Madrid away versus um, Palmeiras uh, when we won the World Club Cup. Um, I'll I'll do this by hands, make it easier. Palmeiras, three, four, five. Well, there you go, dead rubber. Doesn't matter what J.K. and Marco think. Palmeiras <laughs> wins it. There you go. See, I, I enjoyed. Don't know why that gave me a childish sense of, of fun there. Um, so no, nothing changes. We're all going to go for Palmeiras. I do think, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I was so dead keen on winning the Club World Cup as it's the only thing we hadn't won, and I hate the Scousers and they'd won it and all of that. I was really chuffed that we won that, and uh, you know, we got to sing Champions of the World, na 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 na, and all of that, which was great. Right, best match. So I mean, I suppose most entertaining match, really. Um, and uh, again, there's massive consistency here. We've all gone for Juventus at home. Uh, apart from Marco, who went for Real Madrid away. And uh, Martin, who went for... Well, we know that. But Martin's now kind of... I've persuaded him to change his mind. So he's gone for Juventus too. So Marco, you, you went for Real Madrid away as the best match. What, 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 why was it the best match for you? Uh, it was just... I don't know. It was just Chelsea, wasn't it? Just, uh, it's bonkers, wasn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, 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 that was... That was kind of my um, my criteria. Uh, was it had to be a bit bonkers and a bit Chelsea? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was just an insane game, wasn't it? It was because it was it was Chelsea doing what they always do, which is to try and do the impossible. And they damn well nearly pulled it off, you know. If it had, if Pulisic had scored, if we hadn't let that, uh, you know, Rodrigo Brilliant. goal in. Brilliant save from Courtois as well, and it yeah. would have been four yeah. nil. So I, th- I think with that game, we kind of went up the top of the hill and then fucking fell on our ass and went tumbling down the other side. So. Yeah, I mean, I think it was really disappointing, you know, with hindsight that we didn't, you know, I mean, we ran out of steam in extra time, and if if we, if you know, if we'd have played like we had in the full ninety minutes, I think we would have won. But hey ho, it's not to be. And last last three Champions League seasons, we've we've either won that won it outright or got knocked out by the eventual winners. Who won the year before we won at them? Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich, yeah, yeah Bayern, Bayern right. Munich absolutely packed us, didn't they? Well, they did, didn't they? God, I was. That was the last match I went to at Stamford Bridge before the lockdown. That was 
that was a horrible thing to have like nearly two years off from. We thought the team was in an appalling parlour state, didn't we? Not we knowing did. that the following year we'd win it. Didn't think it was much better in the away leg when they eventually well, played it. <laughs> I mean, I remember us saying at the time and, and on the show and, 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 you know, personally to you guys and certainly JK, I said, J- JK, we're, we're three to five years away from even competing at the yeah. level that we used to compete in the Champions League. Three to five years. Next season we bloody win it. What do I know? Right, um... Okay, so we've got our best out of the way. Now it's time for the worst. Worst match, uh, sorry, worst result is uh, a toss-up. Really, oh my God, we've got a three-way tie here. Whoop-de-damn-well-do. Um, and I'm going to give Clayton the casting vote on this, okay? So we've got uh, votes for the FA Cup final from me, Mark, and Martin. Brentford at home is JK, Marco, and Tony. Arsenal at home is Dan, Dane and Dean. Clayton went for West Ham away. Number one, I will ask him to explain why he went for West Ham away and then I will allow him the casting vote uh, to either nominate, uh, to to audit the FA Cup final Brentford or Arsenal at home. Does that make sense, Clayton? Uh, It does. Uh, The reason why I voted for it is because we were top of the league and we basically gave the goal, we gave gave them that game uh, to... One awful mistake by Edward Mendy. One sort of freak goal. Was that his fault? I don't think so. It was a bit of a freak. But basically, we never recovered from that. (laughs) It it, it set the pattern for the rest of the season, giving away stupid goals and losing games we should have won. Um, So that's why I went for that. Uh, But... I have to say, the other three contenders are up there. What is it? So the FA Cup final, yep. uh, Brentford at home, yep. Arsenal at home. Um, there's a there's a Nats testicle, isn't there, between those three? I'm going to go for uh, the FA Cup final because it was it it was just horrible. Basically, hmm. losing again in the same way. Yeah, so I'll go, I'll go for that. Yeah, I, I mean, I voted for it and I, I totally concur. I mean, I hated Brentford. Well, actually, I didn't. You know what? I didn't hate Brentford at home because that was my first match back after my COVID kind of uh, period of being away. And I was just really happy to be there and I had a great day. It's a good game. Yeah, and I mean, Arsenal at home, um, I, I was I had COVID, so I, I barely... I was fucking ill, basically, and I sat up here because I couldn't go downstairs and watch it on the TV because I didn't want to give the missus COVID, so I had to watch it up here on, on would you believe, uh, a Twitter stream. And it was just horrendous. But, you know, the FA Cup final, uh, being there, seeing us lose three in a row, horrible, 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 horrible. Um, we've now got the worst match. So, you know, I suppose Chelsea getting a tonking, really, is what we're talking about. Um, and we've, I'm just being utterly inept. Uh, Arsenal home... Uh, is is the clear winner here with all of us voting for it apart from Dane, Clayton and Martin. Um, now, I can understand why Dane went for Real Madrid at home because I was there for that and it was beyond awful and calamitous. Keystone cop defending, right, Dane? Yeah, it was uh, personally for me, it's one of the... We've seen a lot of time. Well, a bit harsh, you know. A fair few times this season, Tuchel getting his uh, tactics and game plan wrong, and it, this is one of the times he actually admitted it afterwards. You know, 
I thought Madrid sort of done a job on us, what we done on 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 other teams the previous season. You know, I went in the game with so much high hopes, uh, high hopes, and walked out with my balloons greatly uh, deflated. Uh, uh, yeah, it was just it was. We'd we'd had a few results, hadn't we? And that just sort of like you know just 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 kicked me in the nuts more than all the others. And I just thought, you know what, I'm done with this season now already. Yeah, totally get that. And, and, and it kind of the, the worst thing about the Real Madrid at home was obviously losing at home and losing in the way that we did, not putting the ball in the net, giving away stupid goals. But you kind of knew, really, that we were out of the Champions League after just one of the two games, and that's that's what really gave me the hump. Little did we know we were almost going to do it in the second leg. But there you go, Martin. You you voted for Wolves away. Yeah, um, a boring goalless draw in the fog, wasn't it? In the fog and cold. And it shouldn't have fucking taken place. We couldn't get a team together. We got fucked over on COVID regulations and got penalised for having too much of a squad, which was bullshit. And the, the, Clayton mentions the West Ham game setting a pattern for the rest of the season, and I completely agree with that. But this set a, a pattern of a good month to six weeks, two months, where our players were fucked. Because I... I, I was watching it on a. You couldn't even. I wasn't at the game. I couldn't go. So I'm watching it on a Twitter stream as well because he, it wasn't televised and it was appalling. And even the players that were passing with negative lateral flow tests looked fucked. Um, you know from bitter experience now how bad COVID does you up. And yeah. these guys' immune systems may be even more compromised in certain ways. It was a shambles. And then to make it worse, from our point of view, there were other teams who, if they so much as sneezed, got a cancellation. Well, I think we, we needed to have someone actually on a fucking ventilator before the FA would even consider it. It was as corrupt as anything. It still rankles with me now because it put people at risk and it stinks. Mm -hmm. So that's why I voted for it. Yeah, well, a brilliant choice, Martin, and incredibly eloquent too, which is uh, what I always expect from you. So well done you. Uh, Clayton, you're the only other outlier. You voted for Everton at home. Yeah, I mean, you could say that this basically summed up our season. I mean, Everton could barely get a team together. We basically spent the whole game huffing and puffing Pickford, as with the away game, turned into Gordon Banks. And we finally got our noses in front and and then conceded an equaliser in the last 10 minutes. It was just absolutely, uh, it was horrendous. It was a horrible game, horrible result. And it just mirrored so many <clears throat> results that we had and so many patterns of play through the season so that's why i picked that one that was just i mean he could have picked any of them but i for that one in particular i found very frustrating yeah but I, I i basically completely and utterly agree with that some really good choices there so just to round up our um our best result of the season was winning the club world cup against palmeiras our best match of the season was juventus at home our worst result of the season was against uh, liverpool in the fa cup final and the worst match was Arsenal at home. So well done, you lot. Now we've got one more part to come uh, after this little break. Uh, we'll be we'll be rating and comparing the season, and then we're going to let you know what our personal favourite Chelsea-related moments have been this season. We will be back in a minute. Real fans, real opinions. 
I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back, I'm Stanford Chidge, and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast's Season Review 2021-2022 Review, Season Review Show, the end of the year show. Uh, it's finally bloody well over, and some of you I know will be saying, well, thank Gould for that. Um, I'm I'm joined, as ever, by JK. Great to be on the show. Um, who's doing a gig on Friday. I don't think anybody knows this, that you're doing a gig on Friday, the Rudy yeah. V's. I haven't told anybody. No, you haven't. No. No. It's up there with Mark Meehan's book in the, the obscurity stakes, I must say. And did you know that I sang on, on Blue Day? Yes. I, I, yeah, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't sure. <laughs> I've, not, I've not heard it mentioned, mate. Have you gone talk sport ever, JK? It, what? What's that? Word? Do you talk sport sometimes? Sure, I've heard your voice. Yeah, that's me as well. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, I heard you on Radio 4 this morning. What was Those chocolates as well. Yeah. Chocolates? The ambassador's reception. Yeah, the Friday gig, if anybody wants to come, I'd love to see them. Yeah. And there's a little fan cast outing. Yeah. Me me and Mark over there. I doubt doubt if Mark Meehan will make it, which is a great shame because poor old Mark's got the old Rona. Get well soon, Mark. I'm pretty sure you're listening. Uh, I should be there as well. Dan's there, so it's me, Marco, and Dan. Mrs. Chidge is threatening in appearance. Oh, lovely. So, uh, I, I shall be schlepping on a Metropolitan Line train down from oh. Baker You're Street. You're coming to down Walgate. too. It's just it's a, it's a short hop from Baker yeah, Street to Walgate. There you go, and, I, and I haven't been there. I haven't been in that place in years. So I do remember. I need to remember where Prescott Street is. I'm pretty sure it's a straight line. Well, it, do you know what? I used to get I, the, the first office I had uh, when I when I kind of joined. Uh, I didn't really work for Square Eye Media at the time, but. When I kind of, uh, you know, met my mate Steve, said, I you know, I haven't got a freelance gig at the moment. What's going on? He said, oh, come and, come and just, you know, hang out with us, have a bit of desk space with us. But their office was in uh, Lehman Street. I know it well. Yeah, uh, just around from the, from the wonderfully called Minories or Minories. Yeah, mi- Minories, corner, minories is on a straight line down from Oldgate. Yeah. And Prescott Street's just off there and That's Lehman right. Street's, I think, on the other side. There's some good boozers yeah. down that manor. And there's a, one of my favourite curry shops in the world, which is the Lahore Kebab House. Which, if you know, you know. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's just Smithfield, isn't it? Uh, what? The curry house. No, yeah. it's more kind of... It's in the road parallel to Commercial Road and Whitechapel. Okay. But it's bloody good. You have to bring your own booze, though. Yeah, it's like tie-ups we go to for the chop, same thing. Yeah, we should maybe we should go for a curry before in, in Brick Lane. It's not that far away. Yeah, I'm around. Bit of a bum burner yeah. before the gig. Be an early start. Gig well, starts at seven thirty. I thought it says eight on the tickets. Nah, seven thirty. So what time do we have to be there? Uh, well, Half eight. See the Half eight. So, yeah, yeah. Get, there, get there at nine and say sorry we missed it. Yeah, uh, brilliant gig, Jake. Oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. So no, um, seriously, we need to be there for what seven. No, no, get there for seven thirty. Starts dead on at seven thirty, seven fifteen. Oh, there's a nice bar, so you know. Yeah. So we can get. What time's it open? Open. Oh, much earlier than that, about six o'clock. All right. So I can get there a bit early. Have a few drinks. Not too early. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. That's the fan cast Friday night uh, outing sorted out. So yeah, got J.K. with me, obviously, and Martin, uh, Clayton, Dan, Dane, and Marco all in the house too, and. Uh, Jolly good that is too. Now we've got our last last kind of section, which is kind of doing our, our, our you know rating everything really. So uh, I'm going to kick off with rating the season. 
which I think is an interesting one to see people put it down in numbers. Because uh, we, we talked about this in, in, in last week's show about the fact that really, if you think about it, it's not been a bad season at all. We won two trophies, one of which we've always wanted to win. Um, we ended up into two in two finals, which you know, which we lost in the in the the, the smallest of margins. I mean, you know, we, we could have won it, and I know it's all about the winning, but even so, we got to two finals, um, and we were third in the league. I mean, I know it was disappointing because maybe <laughs> we expected to try and win it, but we still finished third. And let's face it, we did it quite comfortably. And but for uh, uh, you know going out to the eventual winners in the Champions League, we were we were on course there too. So you know, on paper, you, you would say it's not a bad season. And I think just the whole disappointment is not just about the sanctions, but as I said earlier on, the context of it all. And it was filled with disappointment all along the way. And I think maybe that says it all. But that said, I think we've got a really good spread of ratings here. Um, Me, JK, Dan and Dane and Clayton and Mark and Martin have all voted seven, which I think is pretty reasonable. Dean went for eight and uh, Marco and Tony... Well, Marco went for five, Tony went for six, so um, I will nominate one of the sevens, Dane. Why did you give it a seven? And then I'll go to Marco with why did you give it a five? So Dane first. I suppose, like like you just said, you know, we was penalties away from winning two trophies. Uh, we won another two trophies. I thought a lot of the players let 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 two call down. I thought systems let two call down. And I just thought overall, what with the sanctions and what was mentioned earlier, how how he performed himself off the field, uh, I just thought it was a seven. It was a, it was a decent season. I think we are the third best team in 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 the league. I don't think we're as far away from Man City as Liverpool as people people think. And I base that on the fact that you know a couple of months to the end of the Lampard reign, everyone thought we were so far away from winning the Champions League and things can turn very quickly in football as we saw that same season when when we won the Champions League. You know, I think with with, with the correct two call signings, we can we can be, be a force next year. And I just think it was it was an OK season. Do you know what I mean? I just there's lots of square pegs and round holes, but you know, you can't moan at two trophies, one of them we've never won before. And it's probably the hardest one to win because obviously you have to win the Champions League to enter that competition and you know the so-called best team in europe you know i don't think they ever they outplayed us in four games i thought we would have better team in in all four and you, it is margins isn't it because you know liverpool uh didn't score in those two finals against us didn't score in the champions league final lost you know lost lost the league yet they're they're heralded and we're you know we're damned it's uh sort of going off page i think seven seven good enough for me yeah I agree with, with, with everything that went against us you know I think seven I could have actually went higher but I do I, I do have blue tinted glasses and I admit that and you're generous on your ratings this we have already established but there's nothing wrong with that uh Marco uh you you went the other way you went five mate <laughs> yeah I, I, it's just bloody disappointing you know we were top of the league December the 4th um the Carling Cup final I just thought the the Tuchel's decision to make that substitution ultimately, we could argue, cost Chelsea the game. Um, so that was annoying to lose to them in that way and then double the pain um, 
in the FA Cup final. And then that home game against Real Madrid, you know, sort of Tuchel. I mean, Tuchel admitted, didn't he, that he screwed up leaving Christensen to deal with VJ. Um, I, I don't know. It was just like um, players not trying. It was just like horribly, horribly, horribly frustrating season. Um, that you know, it was kind of like a cigarette paper away from being a decent season. Um, so I'm giving it five. Yeah, because it frustrated me. No, fair enough, uh, mate. That's what it's all about. I mean, you know, if the, this absolutely beautifully, I think encapsulates what the whole idea of the show and football in general is all about. It's all about opinions and you actually see people's opinions put on a on a spreadsheet, which I think is interesting. <laughs> Would you say that the reason it's been so disappointing and frustration, frustrating for you is because on the one hand, we were so buoyant, weren't we, at the beginning of the season because we were European champions. We'd signed the, the 100 million quid striker that was going to propel us to the league title and then we finish up the season on on kind of one arm and one leg and under sanctions, which was just basically horribly fraught and miserable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no, nobody saw, nobody saw the, the 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 kind of sanction and the sale coming. I mean, even in the realms of uh, of Chelsea and strange things happening, nobody could have foreseen that. Um, but the football itself. You know that 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 perennial problem of players with glass hamstrings. Um, I, I don't know. It was just bloody frustrating, yeah. and I, I just fucking hate losing to Liverpool. <laughs> well, there you even, go. If, even if we didn't lose to them, although we did beat Spurs, played four, one four. And didn't concede a goal in the process, so yeah. every cloud and all that. Yeah. But I, the, the worrying thing is, I think those bastards are, are going to be a force to be reckoned with next season. Well, that, that... more so, I think Liverpool. Are, I'm predicting the fall of the Liverpool empire, such as it is. There, please. Well, I've got, I've got man, he's gone, isn't he? Well, I've got some, going. I've got some good news for you lot. I, I, I found this uh, on on Twitter earlier today. If I get into the right Twitter stream of the millions I seem to have, I'm sure I bookmarked this. Let's hope I did bookmarks because I was astonished by this because it had completely. Here we go. This is Ooh. Liverpool's squad age. Uh, the end is near, says Ellis V3. Henderson, 32 in June. Thiago, 31. Van Dijk, 31 in July. Matip, 31 in August. Firmino, 31 this year. Mane, 30. Salah, 30 in June. Alisson, 30 this year. Fabinho, 29 this year. They're going down. Yes, Marco. Yes, indeed, baby. Same applies with Man City if you look at their squad. Yep. There's a few few aged players in there. but Pep will, be, Pep will be off soon. I mean, Pep, Pep will be off soon. Uh, it looks like Klopp will have to completely rebuild his squad. Will he be up for that or will he want a new challenge? He's been there seven years. Um, whilst we may take a couple of years to get into our stride, but if we get it right in a way that we didn't manage to get it right under Roman, we could dominate like City have. If we get it right. <laughs> Diverting slightly, I happened to watch Sky Sports News late last night and they interviewed Klopp on the bus. He was as pissed as a fart. Was he? That was quite, he was absolutely rolling. Fair play. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to do the accent, but it's definitely 
closing time in his world and you know where's my cab he was absolutely ah, steaming fair play. fair play to him yeah fair play and I, I have you right Marco I think there's a real worry next year that Spurs with a bit of money behind them now and Conte will be a threat yeah exactly that I yeah. just, just think you know Conte I know he got a lot of stick for that second season at Chelsea when he still won the FA Cup but that man is a true force of nature. He knows football inside out. And if if they back him with some decent players, um, they, they could be an, an annoying factor. Well, I, in think, I think he'll win him a trophy, but he's not a stayer. So I think no, that's... He's, yeah. he's not. Uh, he's not. There is that. And, and he it, can't it, play in the Champions League. It could all go spectacularly tits up very quickly, and, and we can hope for that. Yeah, um, I think Newcastle will be a threat too, and don't count out United with a half decent manager and, and a new approach. But anyway, no, that Ten Hag, yeah. he, he's not very. Uh, I don't know. He's a miserable no, scrow, isn't he? He doesn't. He yeah. doesn't look very charismatic. But no, no. with regards to Conte, he managed to make Inter stop shitting themselves in title runs for a year and they won the league and then he left and they promptly shat themselves this year hence yeah, why yeah, Tamor- Tamori is the Scudetto champion yeah exactly that so there we go interesting stuff people now um, just to give you an idea we've rated the season as a whole 6.8 which I'm just trying to see if there's an equivalent in the players like I was doing before I don't, I don't think anybody got a 6.8 uh, we'll give it as near as damn it so it's a, it's a Mendy and Alonso uh, a Chaloba and a Chilwell. So there we go. Um, I think fair enough. You know, I, I totally get the disappointment. Um, this is always an interesting question. You know, if we can actually compare this season to a season from the past, which of course we can't because they're all completely different. But that said, a lot of us went for 2007-8. Uh, me, Dan, uh, Dane, Dean, Marco, Mark, uh, Martin, half half of which, and uh, Tony. Uh, JK went uh, for 66-67 Clayton quite rightly really said incomparable and Martin also threw 98-99 and I get that Um, but I'm going to ask Dan why 2007-2008 that's just the whole kind of getting to cup finals situation so you just you know really massively disappointing season you know losing to people we hate Man United and and, uh, Spurs in two cup finals yeah well that was you know the Woodgate goal just horrendous you know Avram Grant being suddenly just replacing Mourinho it was just a really kind of horrible season for for different reasons obviously Mourinho started to fall out with Roman in comes you know Jabba the Hutt to take control just not not a great not one that lives long in the memory Risen to Spurs was particularly galling because it was, you know, just a horrible cut fun of walking out of Wembley with all those smug bastards. I mean, in in a funny old way, you know, this season for, I mean, and it does seem weird saying it, but it's probably the most disappointing season since we've been good. And I I would have said 2007-8 was the most disappointing season we've had since we were good, if you see what I mean, you know, under the Roman era, because we didn't really win anything. I mean, we at least we won some stuff this season, but we didn't in 2008, and we got close, but not close enough. So, I I too went for 2007-8 because I thought it does bear comparison. Now, J.K., you said 66-67. I'd love to know why. <laughs> um, uh, Tony Hakeley was playing for Chelsea, and he was a a, a square peg in a round hole, 
um, and they tried to get the so the very similar similar situation with Lukaku. Uh, we were supposed to beat um, Spurs in the final, but they sort of freaked out over Jimmy Greaves, and um, because they, they, we were ahead of them in the league and uh, they weren't playing very well, and uh, Frank Saul and Jimmy Robertson scored. You see how it's it's burnt into my memory. Um, and the season ended up being, uh, other than beating Leeds in the semi-final of, of the cup, um, uh, it was a bitter disappointment. And it was, um, uh, I just felt the same feeling of of despair and annoyance. Spurs beating us in one final FA Cup final. It was it was the same kind of. Um, it was almost if it was worth two finals. And it was a a, a <laughs> season of of. Um, it didn't help that Peter Osgood had had his leg broken, but it was a. Um, it was a season of un complete underachievement and they had to change their style to deal with Hatley. And as a consequence, just weren't playing the push and run they'd been playing before, which had been so brilliant playing with the wing backs that Doherty had created. So that was the, the reason for me. It was the feeling of the pain that I had mm. in that season. That's the comparison for me. Fascinating. And Martin, you, you deviated by saying 98-99. I think I know why, but I'd like to hear it from you. Well, it just coincided that the 50 years of Chelsea that cover that season, I've been listening to it a week or so before this came out. So a lot of it was um, stuck in my mind when I was thinking about it. I halved it with 2007-08, but 98-99, great expectations coming off a European trophy win, um, followed by winning the Super Cup against Spanish opposition. Um, we thought that we just needed one or two more signings to, you know, bridge the gap from where we were to where we wanted to be. We thought we could put a league title challenge in. Kazaragi is either Romelu Lukaku or Ben Chilwell in this situation because we thought he was the answer and then he fucked his knee up. Um, Chris Sutton, surely? No, that was a season later. Was that the season later? <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Um, let's that's set that run around, though, didn't yeah. he? Uh, yeah, he, well, he, he ran around a lot, got injured and nearly ca inadvertently castrated Phil Babb. Um <laughs> Yes, I remember. That. Oh God, Phil Bab fucking remembers it as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, he did do uh, these bizarre runs, Kazaragi. You're absolutely right. Which yeah, but it's, it, 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 he got from an angle. He do an angle. Yeah. You think how's he going to score from there? If the ball, even if he gets the ball, absolutely. Yeah, but uh, to, and then towards the towards the other half of the season, there was just too many poxy draws and you know underwhelming performances, and then a another exit to Spanish opposition in the Cup Winners' Cup semi-final where we could yeah. have been the last team to hold the European Cup Winners' Cup. That would have been, we would have been playing the final at Villa Park and it still rankles just that little bit. Indeed. Um, OK, well, that's a good answer. That. Um, right, so there we go. So 2007-2008 is the season we would compare it to most to. Uh, now, my favourite in a way, actually, because this 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 has got nothing to do with ratings or anything like that. It's just our best personal Chelsea-related moment. Um, I have gone for Palace at home, uh, as has Dan, as has Dane, as has Marco. Um, and uh, I'm I'm but I'm gonna I'm gonna basically go in the order that I've got it on here, and we're all gonna have a go. Those of us that are here. So, J.K., you've gone Everton away, and. I think I know why. Most people will be going, what? But I think I know why you've gone for Everton away. Um, it was just the most excruciating experience. Um, but how can it be your best personal moment? Uh, because I, I was f um, fluent about the referee. What about, it wasn't Georgia with you? 
No, not away in Everton. I thought no, she no, went no, to no. Everton. That's what. No, no, she went to Palace. She went to Palace, and we were right next to the um, the divide between the two supporters. And I was lent on heavily by several coked up men who kept embracing me. And she said, "Why do all these men want to lean on you, Daddy?" And I said, "I don't know. Possibly because I've been, you know, been positive about the team during the whole of the match." But uh, she said, uh, um, "Why has that man got his hand on your head and is just using you? And he's making throat slitting gestures <coughs> to the." Uh, to the palace fans i said I'm, I'm, forgive me for just being you know they they they, they find me um friendly i don't know them um but no that was that game no this the everton game was just um uh there was a joy to be had from being fluently negative you are a weird person but that's kind of why i love you um who's next uh i think the next person is dan dan you've gone for palace at home yeah full house pubs busy Glorious summer's day, three 0 win. It, like normality, fully fully returned. Mm. Just really, just good for the soul. Yeah, definitely. Dane, would would you agree with that? You've gone for Palace at home. Yeah, but you know the traditional three o'clock Saturday afternoon. Uh, like Dan said, you know we're all back in the stadium. You're seeing some seasons ago you haven't seen in a while. Bit of a sigh of relief seeing some because obviously you didn't know people's circumstances through what we went through. And yeah, and it's, that's, it was a glorious day. It was just so nice to be back there. It, we had so much high hopes, went into the season with a lot of expectations and it was a, it was a good performance. Uh, it was a great day out. I think it was more about trying to get back to some sort of normality than anything else. Even if we'd lost that day, I think it was still would have been so nice to have obviously been back in those surroundings with with people you've been seeing for years and just, you know, for me, it's, you know, I, I, you know, I was, I'm, I'm born and bred, you know, I was brought up there, you know, I parked my car, I walked past where I played as a kid. I walked past my nursery and primary school. So I have so much different uh, experience every time I go to a home game. It's, it's like a step back in time. It's like, you know, going back, you get all these memories and it's wonderful, you know, play football in Ilbrook Common and, and all the fun fairs and, and everything. So to miss out on that for, for for so many years, and I live out of London now, so I've survived by, by, by being able to come back to London so regularly through football, through socialising, and that obviously the lockdown took that away from me. So, I, you know, I struggled a bit, uh, but obviously coming back on that day it was yeah you know a tear in my eye and, and a spring in my step and a, a twinkle in my eye and it was yeah it was uh it was uh it was a lovely day for me yeah yeah i get that i think if you've lived in the manor you know it's it's it is a slightly different experience and i mean it, you know I, I lived there for a few years when i lived in lots road and uh i just it just that you're right dane the whole past wafts past your nose every time mm. you go back it, it's it's, I can't, it's hard to explain hard to put into words but i kind of get what you mean um, Dean uh, surreally has put all the games I didn't go to in brackets only Arsenal at home. I have no idea what he's talking about. We'll have to, we'll have to ask yeah. Dean next time we see him. Uh, Clayton, I totally understand um, your answer, and I, I remember being absolutely delighted to see you for this very reason. But what have you gone for? Uh, Spurs at home, and obviously whenever we beat them, that's a fantastic moment. Um, even regularity will never dull the joy of beating that mob um but having had the covid um break and not being able to go was obviously dreadful for everybody and everything seemed got back to normal uh but then i hurt my back rather badly in uh, october and so i couldn't go which meant that 
junior could go. He was very happy about that. Um, so I couldn't go for about four and a half months. Uh, so that was my first game back. So that's uh, that was my personal highlight of the season. Yes, and it was really good to to cast my eyes to the right to see you sitting there actually because I'd, I'd missed you. But then again, I had I had missed a huge chunk of the uh, of the season as well for similar yeah. and different reasons. Uh, Marco, you you went to you you've gone for Palace at home as well. Yeah, um, well, really, just to uh, reiterate what everybody said about that game and just sort of embellish it with the fact that obviously the the stall was up and running um, for the first time since whenever it was early March 2020. So, um, yeah, it was just uh, great to see everyone again. And it was a beautiful sunny day, if I remember right. Yeah, it was. It was beautiful. August day. We won three nil, as Dane said, or, or whoever said it. It was a three o'clock kickoff. I mean, I went for Palace at home as well, but for exactly those kind of reasons. That was the first match I had been to since we were summarily tonked three nil by Bayern Munich back in February twenty twenty. Was it twenty twenty? I think it was, wasn't it? And that's uh, a long time to be away from the, what is the major kind of thing that I do in my life that isn't work. And I've got the majority of my friends that go there and I hadn't seen them. Well, I mean, I think we'd, we'd, we'd all met up, hadn't we, for the piss up in the pensioner in July. So that we, I had seen you lot, but not the other people that are around, you know, which are the people you, you know, you don't think about all the time. But when you see them, you're really happy to see them. It was just so fucking good to be back doing this, doing what we do. Um, almost the the football, the three nil was secondary to that, to be honest. But it was nice to be back in my seat, which is a seat I've now sat in for twenty years. So, yeah, lovely, uh, lovely moment, lovely feeling that was. Um, moving on, uh, Mark, uh, Mark Meehan said being part of Tales from the Shed and the Sleeper, and I think that's an excellent mention. Actually, I mean, you know, I kind of it, weirdly I don't make it up to London now because I, I have to do this thing where I read read. Uh, excerpts from various books around the campfire whilst drinking as much scotch as I can hugely fun for me to do um but yeah Mark was such a driving force I mean Marco can comment on this Mark was such a driving force on both Tales from the Shed and the Sleep Out he absolutely deserves a big hug and a massive thanks for that doesn't he yeah I mean obviously the the Sleep Out is is his baby isn't it um there would be no Sleep Out without Mark Meehan um, no sleep and, out till Hammersmith. Yeah, and and kind of the book, um, you know, I, I sort of came to him with that idea, and obviously ran it by you as well. Um, and then you know he's he's done a, a sterling job promoting it, getting it on football focus was uh, quite extraordinary. Um, so yeah, no, brilliant, yeah. The best moment about that that I've heard recently was that Mark actually managed to get a copy to Todd Bowley. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's, he's done that as well. So, yeah, exactly. So he, he he's a PR meister extraordinaire. And a, damn, uh, and a damn fine bloke. Let's hope he gets better soon. As I said earlier on, he's got the yeah, moment yeah. at the moment. Otherwise, he'd be get here. Get well soon, Marky boy. Yeah, get well soon, Mark. And, and the other thing I should say, you know, Mark's... Arguably the, the 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 most recent addition to the fancast firm, 
Um, and what an absolute bloody delight and marvel he has been. He's, it's like he's been here for the last, you know, 14 years, bless him. He's brilliant. I mean, I know JK echoes that. I mean, the fun we've had doing the 50 years show with him is just ridiculous, isn't it? Indeed. JK is nodding wisely and sagely, just so you know, for those of you listening in black and white. Uh, Martin, you've gone for the League Cup final, which, a bit like JK's Everton away, I'm somewhat bemused by, so no doubt you'll enlighten us. Well, it's got absolutely nothing to do with the football. Um, I had been seriously ill for months before that. Of course that, you had, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I spent the first six weeks of 2022 in a pretty much laid up and then ended up in Northwick Park Hospital for three of them. Um, the ward I was in, the window looked out and you could see the Wembley Arch. Um, I got out on the 12th of February, um, just as Kai Havertz scored the winning penalty in Abu Dhabi. And my first game back was the League Cup final. So a great performance on the pitch, um, slightly ruined by... Uh, Kepa nearly landed the ball in my fucking back garden but um, it was just good to be back and it, it kind, of, kind of should really also include Newcastle at home in that because that was my first game back at the bridge um, um, since Leeds at home which was two weeks before the previous Christmas so yeah that's that's my reasoning Yeah I think a superb reason Martin and uh we're all very worried about you, and it's 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 brilliant to see you back uh, to what I would like to call rude health. Emphasis on rude. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, <laughs> n- not not drinking in the way that that you used to, but I, you're, you know, it's, it's it's you're no worse for that in my view. I think you Jeez. you're in excellent health and excellent form, and it's great <clears> to have you back. I just think it's kind of really weird, isn't it, that Martin Clayton and myself, for various reasons, have missed huge chunks of this season. I was kind of trying to work this out. I I, I this this is the well, I, I've seen fewer games this season than I have for any year for the last 20-odd years, easily, which is kind of weird. Um, yeah, so I hope that doesn't uh, doesn't uh, auger... Uh, well, I hope, it, I hope that doesn't happen again, basically. I shall be much more assiduous in going, and hopefully COVID, we've seen the back of it. Um, the last one um, is from Tony. He, he says, uh, winning Super and World Cups. Yeah, absolutely right, mate. I mean, in a funny old way... If I'd have had to have settled for one trophy this season, it would have been the Club World Cup because we'd never won it. And I wanted to, you know, be able to look a scouser square in the eye and say, well, yeah, well, we've won that too. So fuck off. You know, these things are important to my small mind. So there you go. I, and I totally get that. It's always nice winning, winning silverware. And uh, I totally agree with Tony there. So um, that, I'm afraid, concludes the uh, the kind of the spreadsheety bit of the show. Um if you boys had uh, like a sentence to sum up the season, um, how would you do it, Martin? Fuck off, Nadine Dorries. <laughs> Marco, God, follow that, Marco. <laughs> Fuck off, Liverpool. Yeah, okay, no. that's not bad. That's not bad. Dane? Oh, shit. How can I can come up with anything better than those two. I know. Follow that, as I said. <sighs> I'd just say it's, 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 it was just indifferent. Mm-hmm. Clayton? Thank you, Roman. Mm, good answer. Good answer. Dan? Been a bony coaster of a season. Oh, very good. You can tell he does all the media and the PR for the oh. trust, can't you? Very, as, um, JK, you, you and I should just retire now, I think. Oh, I'm, I'm on my way out. I can hear <laughs> JK, come on. What about you? Sum it up in a, in a sentence or a word or two. Uh, uh, <clears throat> as, 
Out loud. This is the most silent I've ever heard, JK. Yeah. No pressure. He's struggling, he's struggling to. Is, your, is he yawning or is he just trying to spit something out? I don't know. Trying to spit something out. Um, considering the uh, appalling war in Ukraine, which caused the club to be thrown into such turmoil, I was ultimately happy that we have, are still in existence and it will just get better from now on. Yeah, it's a very good way to put it. If I was to choose to sum it up in two words, it would be to adapt an oft-said thing from Marco. I'd say vaingloriously unpredictable. But uh, if uh, I was to choose more than two words, I'd say, well, it's just been so frustrating. Um, But at the same time, I just have this feeling of relief, relief that it's over. And as a lot of you have been alluding to, relief that we are carrying on and that we go again next year and uh, providing we've got Tommy Tuchel at the reins I'm going to have complete confidence that we will be back to full effect so there you go um right I think uh, that is pretty much it for this season um I always feel a bit sad when I get to this moment in the show. It's all right. I'm not going to. I'm not going to cry. I'm in. I'm in touch with my emotions, but I won't let them overwhelm me. Uh, but there's no need to panic uh, because uh, yeah, keep calm and carry on. Yes, we're not going anywhere really. Um, I've got a plan to do loads of shows over the summer. I mean, the format will obviously change because there won't be any football to discuss, so to speak. So there won't be a a Monday night fan cast as you know it, or a Friday night preview show as you know it. But uh, if it's been a newsworthy week, and let's face it, at Chelsea, uh, it's always a newsworthy week. Uh, we'll occasionally convene on the preview show slot to discuss what's happened during the week, uh, possibly with one or two of our journalistic friends, or journalista, as Collie Moore likes to call them. Uh, Mondays, um, I think predominantly we're going to be carrying on with our 50 Years of Chelsea series, picking up from where we left off with a look back at the 2000-2001 season. But uh, do not be surprised if we sprinkle in a few interviews with special guests, a few My Chelsea's from some of our friends that we've not done that for, and the odd surprise or two, which I will not tell you about yet. But I can assure you, you will not be without the Chelsea Fancast at all this summer. So there you go. Now, the Chelsea Fancast and Dean's went to Mo- and Dane's went to Mo King's Meadow are available as a podcast on ChelseaFancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud and Spotify, as well as all other podcast distributors. And by the way, if you used to uh, use uh, the Acast app to listen to the show, you can no longer do it because they've scrapped it, haven't they, Clayton? I have. I'm really pissed off about that. I, th- yeah. I thought they were absolutely fantastic. Um, yep, same. I, don't, I don't know if uh, other people use it, but um, our good friend Alan uh, recommended uh, a podcast. So I've actually got the app, but it doesn't actually. It's called Pocket Pocket, Pocket Cast. Yeah, Pocket I've got that as well. Yeah, same. Good. I've got it's it really, too. Really good. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. The main advantage of it is you can export the files from one to the other without having to faff too much. It's really good. Yeah, like well, that. well, you may be able to do that. It is two <laughs> clicks, trust me. Maybe three. Okay. I mean, the weird thing is is that I've had to do nothing when I upload the shows to ACAS, so nothing's changed for me, but apparently the app's gone. So if you just... No, they've, they've realised there's no money in the app, so they're continuing to use it as a distribution platform and presentation platform, but as an app, they're not making any money off of it. That's right. Just get, it just gets RSS to places like iTunes like yeah. it always has, so there you go. And they, and they paid Peter Crouch a fuckload of money, so they've got to get that back somehow. Oh, did they? I didn't know that. Yeah, he, hmm. he left the BBC. Right, right. Okay, fair enough. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, there you go. You know where to get the show. Uh, You should do by now. Uh, A quick shout out for Patreon. First of all, 
you know, thank you for everybody who's been so generous in their donations every month for our Patreon page. As ever, I always feel enormously guilty that I don't do anything really for you in terms of benefits or whatever. Um, I'm a very busy chap and it, it, it take, takes a lot out of me just doing the shows, but I will always try. And I've got plans again, possibly for some merch, because I know you've all been wanting a bit of merch. Uh, and I will try and be in Discord a little bit more than I have been. And I will try and get some of these reprobates to join us as well so you can chat to them. And it is, um, it's much better than Twitter, let's put it that way. But anyway, the main thing is to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Really appreciate it. Of course, if you want to, uh, if you want to you know, support the show, uh, you can date, donate whatever you want. There's no pressure at all. It's uh, no tears or anything like that. Um, but if you want to do that, patreon.com uh, forward slash Chelsea fancast. And uh, if you sign up to Patreon, you'll be entitled to a Kerry Dixon banner and you can join the aforementioned discord group and of course emails we love your emails if you want to, to email us or pat send us a message on patreon or instagram or tweet or facebook you can do all of that but if it's an email usually send it in by sunday the email address is chelseafancast at gmail.com uh i'm, I'm not going to do the twitter follows because there are so many of you actually why not got martin at martin underscore wickham gate 17 marco at jonathan kidd dwit9 and at dansilv73 and clayton is at goalie59 so there you go well remembered <laughs> mr chidge i'm not seeing all yet right last but not by no means least a massive thanks to everyone who has joined us in mixler every monday and friday listen to the podcast watch jk's chelsea fan bites chatted with us in the patreon discord group uh engage with us on twitter facebook instagram on all of that uh come and say hello to us uh, at the matches had a beer or two with us or whatever uh, without your fantastic support, this show just would not happen at all, basically. or be the same, and we thank you massively for it. I personally thank every single one of the Chelsea fancasters who've given up their time, valuable time, for free on a Monday or a Friday all season to uh, listen to, uh, well, me yabber on mainly, but have been brilliant. Brilliant with their contributions, brilliant with their analysis, and just brilliant friends, and I love them all profusely for it, but particularly the ones that are on the show tonight, uh, which are Martin. Thank you, my friend. Uh, thank you, mate. And may we all look forward to the fixtures in two weeks' time. Two weeks we go again. Indeed, indeed, yeah. indeed. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've just the great news is that apparently the holiday, summer holiday that I was about to be dragged away on, uh, which would have mean I missed the start of the season, has now been put back to September. Happy days. And of course, <laughs> August the 5th is my birthday. So we might have a fun preview show. So there you go. Anyway, uh, Martin, well done. Will, will, you, will you be ambushed by cake or Guinness? I'm, I don't know. I've been threatened to be taken out somewhere during the day, so I might be so shit-faced I might not even be able to do the show. But I will be here. You know me. Uh, but probably both, to answer your question. Marco, um, again, you know, your brilliance on the fan cast is hugely appreciated, and uh, as as is your friendship, and uh, delightful, delightfully seeing you on the stool at every home match. It's been a tonic. See you soon, amico. You will. I'll see you Friday, mate, at the Rudy V's. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Dane, yeah. uh, brilliant to have you on the show as always, but also huge thanks for you sorting out the Instagram account this season. You've been brilliant on that, mate. So thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely welcome. Unfortunately, I can't make Friday. I'm going to see Liam Gallagher at Nebworth. And as Martin mentions, the, the, the I think I'll be missing the first couple of games of the season as well. Oh, I'm in America yeah. for a few weeks, yeah. so falling apart uh, but yeah yeah absolutely yeah we always enjoyed being on this show obviously I, I over complimented it last week I was on and did give them my thank yous and how much I adore it and it's just a shame I don't see a lot of you enough but yeah, you know hopefully right. next season I will come and see us in the pub Dane 
Yeah. It's all you have to do. Because the man I'm about to say thank you to next is brilliant at organising it. Uh, none other than Mr. Dan Silver, who... Uh, brilliant on this. He's been brilliant for the Supporters Trust this year. He's made a real name for himself. It's all completely and utterly well-deserved, largely because I trained him and taught him everything he knows, as he will <laughs> no doubt acknowledge. But no, he's been brilliant. And uh, he is the man at the Cock Tavern. I mean, he's brilliant. He organises everything there. And he's an absolute fucking diamond. Well done, Dan. Without you, I'd be nothing, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> that was true. Yeah, no, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for your kind words. It's been, it's, been a, it's been a long, hard season for us all. Yeah. Nice little holiday. August, we go again. New era, new times, exciting yeah. times. Yeah. I say, great people. Yeah. Do you know Definitely. when you're on tonight in Sky Sports News? Yeah, just after seven, and Talk Sport with Goldstein as well. Okay, right. Well, we've missed the boat we, for we, Sky News. It's, it's been already. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was on just after seven. That's why it's a bit late. He was on live, Jonathan. And was I thought you recorded it? No, no, no. Talk Sport, we can wind back. Uh, can I just yeah. say that? I if you're think... that interested, four twenty this afternoon. It was on with uh, Goldstein, Darren Bent. Oh, was it around? Right, yeah. So I thought that everything that the, the trust sends out is is fantastic. We've got, the current got a great, letters. great team behind yeah. us. It's All absolutely better efforts from everybody. It's so it's so voices so many concerns that one has as a supporter. It's just uh, um, it, it's it's the best I've seen it operating at, other than when Chidge was involved as head of it, of course. Oh, you are only saying that. I just slipped that in actually because that's no, no, really great. No. No, the last few two years has been great. I'm just, but I felt that under huge pressure this season with all the, uh, the with with the whole process of of the the uh, the sanctions and the club being sold, uh, the letters that the supporters trust sent out were absolutely brilliant. They're just mm. beautifully argued, and and just put forward these these terrific views that, as I say, are echoed by so many so many supporters. It was it was superbly done. Yeah. I echo that. Uh, and Dan, well done again. And as for you, last but by no means least, uh, I mean, you know, I might moan about how busy I am, but I know I know JK's busy in his own right. So the fact that he's done pretty much every show with me this season is an absolute uh, testament to his madness, really. I, mean, I don't know how you cope. I mean, you know, to spend this amount of time with me, you you deserve a fucking medal, mate. I don't know. I, I, I almost feel it's like getting free psychoanalysis. So I... Um... <laughs> I'm quite happy to do it, actually. Um, but no, I've been a bit, been a bit knackered on occasions. I admit, there've been some moments when I've thought, I don't think I should be on here. I can hardly keep my eyes open. Oh well, you know, Doctor Theatre. Let's have a go. And we have woken you up a couple of times, but you have, you have, absolutely. <laughs> now you've been brilliant, mate. I mean, you've been a real rock for me. Uh, I can always rely on you to be here talking nonsense with me, even if nothing else happens. And I love you for that. But it's been brilliant fun too. I think that's the main thing is that if this thing, if this thing isn't about fun, there is absolutely no fucking point doing it. And so far, it's been fun for fourteen years, and may that carry on for another fourteen. You've got a fantastic team. Yeah, absolutely, oh, the best team. Absolutely fantastic, without a doubt, the and best. That's a testament to the number of, of, of followers and yeah. the number of people who listen to the podcast. Yeah. Absolutely, the number of people that, I, bizarrely, because of the fan bite that I've met, you've just said. I absolutely love the fan cast and all the people on it. Uh, it it's the the universal, uh, um, f the feeling is just so universal about how excellent the, the fan cast is. And it's all down to, to all the guests you have, as well as you, Chid. You've been absolutely brilliant. You are fantastic at this. We've all done very well, as Mr. Grace would say. Uh, last but by no means least, I should say also a massive, huge thanks to Clayton, who... Uh is so well loved by actually all the people that Jonathan's talking about 
and he's he's one of our favourite people, and and I love him to pieces. And he knows it. he had to he had to leap, leap out. No doubt, Mrs. Mrs. B was uh, threatening him with a carving knife or something at dinner time. But, uh, <laughs> but or, surely he's the housewife's choice. That well, can't be uh, yeah, but no, and she won't share him with us oh. for more than a specific time, mate. Not his housewife, though. You know, sure. So there you go. But she's lovely. If any, I mean, I know a few of you have met her. She's absolutely delightful, as is Clayton. So um, summer well, Clayton. It's been great having you on the show all season, and I know that our listeners absolutely love you being on it. So there we go. It is time for us to go. Uh, for people in Mixler, well done, you lot. You've been brilliant. Thanks for listening. Uh, see you soon, I shall say. See you soon. Not maybe next week, but see you soon. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Up the It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 